It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. Great panel for you. Seth Weintraub is here from Electric. Denise Howell, our uh, official internet attorney. And Nicholas DeLeon from Consumer Reports. Coming up, Facebook meets 60 Minutes. Is this the beginning of the end? A senator gets confused. Watch what happens next. And a pickup truck with a built-in kitchen? We'll have a first look. It's all coming up next on Twit. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit. This Week in Tech. Episode 843, recorded Sunday, October 3rd, 2021. A liar who delivers. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Thinkst Canary. Detect attackers on your network while avoiding irritating false alarms. Get the alerts that matter. For 10% off and a 60-day money-back guarantee, go to canary.tools slash twit and enter the code twit in the How Did You Hear About Us box. And by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get it shipped to you free, go to mintmobile.com slash twit. And by CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike harnesses the power of every click, every action, every ally to grow stronger and stop cyber threats before they can stop you. Join the fight and experience the power of Falcon Platform free today at CrowdStrike.com slash twit. And by ExpressVPN. Going online without ExpressVPN is like using your smartphone without a case. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine, but all it takes is one accidental drop onto concrete to make you wish you'd protected yourself. Use our link ExpressVPN.com slash twit today and you'll get an extra three months free on a one-year package. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. I just scared the panel. <laughs> I think by telling them this is going to be a long show. We, <laughs> it's not. It's not. I promise. It's going to be a normal, normal-sized show. Uh, great to have you, Denise Howell, back in, well, I wish it was in studio, but back in the show. Uh, internet lawyer, of course, uh, former host, longtime host of This Week in Law. Great to see you, Denise. Things going great well? to see you, too. Things are going great. How's your uh, new you. clothing business doing? Uh, it's plugging along. It's plugging along. It's, uh, you know, it's it's more of a, uh, a labor of time than a, a business. Yes, project. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, what's, uh, give, give me a plug uh, for the website so we can tell everybody where to go. Uh, sure. It's fitswithfits.com. Is, and do you call yourself Fits? Is that the idea? Uh, fits with fits. So the idea is that that's short for outfits with benefits. Oh, outfits. So, I get it. Yes. Ah, yes. fits with fits. So and- it fit. they fit with your other fits. It's all sustainable. It's all uh, secondhand. And actually, um, I am giving away a set right now. So uh, if anyone is interested in this and thinks it's a cool thing, there's a local business person here in Orange County where I live who has a real world brick and mortar boutique called Bohemia Newport Beach. And she has struggled through the pandemic, but has managed to keep her business open. And she had the dubious honor of being the first business in Orange County to require customers to be vaccinated to enter her store. Oh, God. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so no one's coming um, in now, right? And she's got protests out front. 
I think she's doing great, but she is located in this very touristy part of town, right down by the beach, right down by a lot of bars. And so there's a sign out front that says you have to be vaccinated to come in and she's gotten a bit of grief. So I am giving away a set of fits with fits to help her out. So if you go to Bohemia Newport Beach on Instagram, there's information there how to enter and win it. And uh, I will just say too that you don't have to wear them yourself. They are um, giftable. They arrive very nicely packaged and might be a nice gift for someone. It's really cool. This is something Denise has done for years. She's a, she's got a whole look based around going uh, to secondhand stores and, and so forth. If you follow it, her Instagram, you've seen these every day, these great looks, and now you can participate uh, with these uh, uh, timely drops. I love the idea. And I, and I think it's great that you're supporting a store that requires masks for all the grief they get. I don't know about you, but I'd I much prefer to patronize a restaurant or a business where they say, "Vaccinations, masks, please." I feel much safer. You know, I don't I, let if you don't want a mask, if you don't want to get a vaccine, that's fine. Go to those businesses, and I'll just stay away. Thank you very much. I think yeah. I think this is this is I don't know what's happening. It's crazy. Anyway, great. Well, it's to, sad she got attacked. You know, oh, I mean, so it's ridiculous. Yeah. So ridiculous. <laughs> also with us, sitting just to your left, Nicholas DeLeon. He is a senior reporter at Consumer Reports, specializes in tech. There, hey, Nicholas, how are you? Hello, Leo. I'm doing well. How are you? It's great. We haven't had John in a while. It's good to have you back. Uh, I just used Consumer Reports to pick out a uh, induction stovetop. And uh, and actually, we were about to buy the one that was lowest ranked for repairability. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I went, no, put the brakes on, Lisa. We're getting the one that's number one. You actually, you reviewed a Bosch cooktop. You said it's the most, the first time we've had a perfect, like a perfect score in a long time for a, for a cooktop. So that's Well, I'll take your word for it. I don't know anything about You cooktops. don't do those? Uh, yeah. <laughs> not really. But it's no. funny you mentioned repairability. That is something we're trying oh, to think a little bit more about, yeah. like, that should be a key component of a purchase decision. You don't you don't want to encourage uh, maybe not e-waste or just whatever type of waste. Repairing stuff is important, and we're, we're thinking about it. Are, are so. you guys going to review the Fairphone? Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting question because it's not technically available in the United States. Right. Uh, I did ask the powers that be that we should at least do something about it. I actually uh, just yesterday got the... Uh, what, what's a laptop? The, the Oh, I have the framework. I, well, the framework. That can I say how I feel about it? I don't want to prejudice you. Uh, sure. I mean, I've read impressions. No, uh, no spoilers. Uh, it's awesome. And, uh, and I'm yeah. running it not with Windows, but with Linux. And uh, Linux installs flawlessly. It was as if it was yeah. built for Linux. Really love it. Uh, it's my favorite, current favorite laptop is a framework. So. Yeah, no, I just got it uh, in the mail uh, maybe Good. two days ago. We'll Good. be doing something... Uh, Hopefully the next couple of weeks on it. Not an official review, I don't think. Not a test. Sierra's got this whole weird dichotomy, but we'll have some content on it uh, shortly. So. Yeah, I mean, I love Consumer Reports. Been a member for decades now, and I know that you have a real methodology and 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 the things the way you do it. I really respect it and I trust it. So, thank you thank for you. doing the work you do. Also with us, a man who cannot stop starting new websites. Uh, <laughs> Seth Weintraub. He he started nine. To, was nine to five Mac your first? Yep. Yep. And then uh, 2007. Wow. And uh, of course, he discovered Mark Gurman, uh, nine to five Google. Now you you also have Electric, which is for electric vehicles. You were telling mm-hmm. me about some of the new sites you've started, including a site uh, Connect with Watts for connect people. the Watts, the like Watts, connect the dots, but connect Watts. the Watts. 
which is for yeah. people who use uh, those uh, home fitness systems like the Peloton and Apple Fit. I think that's great. Uh, you got You can't stop. You just can't nope. stop. Very impressed. It's great to see you. Thank you. Is your labor of love, though, I think it, I get the sense it's electric. At the moment, yeah. It just it feels like the moment, you know, for electric vehicles. So sure and it electric is. bikes and electric cars, everything. Sure is. Yeah. So uh, I spent probably a uh, inordinate amount of time there. So. We, we do, too, actually. <laughs> okay. we, we, if you go in our garage, there's a Bolt. Uh, there's a Mustang Mach-E. Uh, we just bought the uh, SE um, Mini Cooper, which is wow. delayed because of chip shortages, but we'll get that later in the year. There's two Segways. There's not enough plug sockets. There's four e-bikes. <laughs> it's crazy. Everything's electric. Which e-bikes did you get? Uh, we ended up, you know, I and I probably should have read electric before uh, I did it, but we ended up getting what I considered to be a good quality e-bike, but that cost a little bit less. And it's called, and I can't remember the name, but I really liked them. We have a, we have a few of them. Uh, my son, uh, we ended up getting a more expensive uh, specialized e-bike because uh, I don't know why. he We wanted to get him a nicer bike. Um, and then I also, I have the, uh, is it the System System 73? What is the name of that? Uh, uh, Super 73. Super 73. That was the first yeah, we one just- I got. We just rode those around Germany. They were a ton of fun. They're so cute. I got them because they look like a little electric motorcycle kind of. And they're really fun to drive around. So I have that. But the the main workhorse is the Rad Power. Oh, yeah. Those are great. Yeah. I've been very happy with those. And they're fairly inexpensive compared to, uh, well, the Specialized was like seven grand. Jeez. I know. It's crazy. It's the car. Yeah. We just reviewed the, what is it, the Woohoo? The Woohoo? The, <laughs> the, the Dutch one? I can't remember the name of it. But uh, uh, Ant really loved it. So I'm, e-bikes are the most fun thing ever invented. I have to I say. I agree. Yeah. Really, really. You're like a kid again. Yeah. They're really fun to drive. All right. Enough. I have a brand for you to review real quick before yes. we leave the e-bike. Have you ridden a Stromer yet? No. Ooh, oh, the, the Stromer sounds good. So, yeah, it's Swiss. Swiss, it's yeah. got to be good. It's made with Swiss power. Um, is that what you ride? Uh, boy, that's cute. Is that what you ride, Denise? Uh, so a friend of mine who likes to make me ride up and down Mount Tam with her when I uh, come visit <laughs> has one of these and I borrowed her husband's. Yeah, you and need once it you've ridden one, yeah, yeah, you kind of don't want to ride anything else, especially if you want to if you're going to take long, very hilly rides. I am loving the um, bikes. The, ba- the ca- ba- battery capacity on these is amazing. What I wish is that w- the cities were more bike friendly. I mean, the real reason I don't yeah. ride it all the time, I would ride it all the time, but I'm afraid of getting clobbered. Uh, there's a you know these this ghost bike movement where they paint where somebody's died riding a bike and they paint the bikes white. They're all over Sonoma County, but there's one on the bridge that I would go over every day. As soon as I saw the ghost bike, somebody was killed there. It's like yeah, I guess I'll be driving. I wish- yeah, I don't, I don't, those bike those ghost bikes are meant for drivers, but I feel like they scare more bikers than than uh, car drivers. Yeah, well, it's a very. I always felt nervous going over it. I would, even before I was scared of this bridge. There's no bike lane. It's very narrow. It's terrifying. You kind of. I always would look over my shoulder and wait till it, there was no traffic and then speed over the bridge. But it's just. Uh, it's not bike friendly. And boy, it'd be nice if cities were more bike friendly. It'd be just a wonderful way to to get around. Uh, I'd love to see that. And maybe then I would get a stroma. 
I like the looks of that. That's great. But uh, we have we have all the rad powers, the city and the um, and the uh, big fat tire one. And very happy with us. All right. Enough. Enough. Let's talk tech tonight. And I guess you know what? In, in about twenty minutes on the East Coast, sixty minutes is going to do a big expose on Facebook. Facebook already nervous after seeing the tease. Nick Clegg, who runs their, uh, I don't know, uh, effort to <laughs> calm everybody down division, uh, has already put posted on Friday a Facebook uh, post saying, uh, mm, "Don't worry, it's not bad." It's not like it's like they say, uh, 1,500-word memo. He's Facebook, Facebook's vice president, former deputy prime minister in Great Britain with interesting reviews. Um, he wrote a 1,500-word essay. He's their vice president of policy and global affairs to preempt the whistleblower interview tonight on 60 Minutes. He said the, the allegations are misleading. This is, I think, Facebook's point of view on this and i'm not sure i disagree with it social this is a quote from clegg's memo social media has had a big impact on society in the recent years facebook is often a place where much of this debate plays out but what evidence there is simply does not support the idea that facebook or social media more generally is the primary cause of polarization i don't disagree facebook's been in the spotlight ever since the wall street journal began its facebook files reports last week Primarily based on this whistleblower who is, I guess, finally coming forward on 60 Minutes. Uh, later this week, we'll, he or she will be testifying in front of the Senate, so we'll probably learn their identity at that point. Uh, the documents that were leaked out include internal slide decks, one of which said uh, Instagram is bad for young women who feel bad about themselves already feel worse after Instagram, uh, after seeing Instagram. Facebook said uh, you've mischaracterized the findings. But the real accusation is that Facebook, kind of like Big Tobacco, knows about the problems Facebook causes but buries it, doesn't release that information to the public, let alone doing anything about it. Uh, Denise, is there anything Facebook could do? Should Facebook be worried about tonight's 60 Minutes? Well, I think they've gotten out in front of it. And I don't know if you've seen, he not only issued a memo, um, but also was on Brian Stetler's show uh, on CNN. Um, So if you've seen Nick Clegg speak about this as well, um, he's very commanding and capable and I think persuasive and makes some good points about the fact that uh, there's not a whole lot Facebook can do to shut down things as they're happening in real time, for example. Um, You know, I think there's a fine line between needing to hopefully detect and stop terrorist acts and also needing to let people do what Facebook is for, you know, organize, congregate, talk with each other. Um, And and certainly you're not going to Hopefully nobody wants to keep Facebook from doing the latter. That's that's what it's there for. We can't just have an Internet where everybody, well, I mean, I suppose we could. That's the alternative, right? To have an Internet where everyone has their own websites and no platforms. It's <laughs> kind of the you way know, it I used mean, that's, to be before Twitter. That's, before that's basically what you're, yeah. what you're headed toward if you're saying that social networks can't let people... Um, organize a march in Washington, you know? I mean, I, of course, we're concerned about more than just a, wa- a march. 
But well, uh, one of the things the whistleblower said is that mm-hmm. Facebook, and, and this is some internally, I think some Facebook employees have also raised this issue, that they had protections in place for the election. But as soon as the election was over, they took them down. And it's now being said that was premature because it was then that Facebook was used to organize the January 6th insurrection. So that perhaps Facebook acted too quickly to take down their protections. You can't say that all the problems in the world come from Facebook by any means. Nick Clegg says it's ludicrous to blame the Capitol riot on social media. Uh, I guess the question is, does Facebook have any responsibility in... I mean, they seem to. They they take down, you know, false COVID and vaccine posts. They try to do something about it. Do they have any responsibility, A, and B, do they have the capability? They're big. They're huge. It'd be almost impossible to monitor Facebook in real time. Um, what, what, look, you're, you're a publisher, Seth. What, <laughs> what is the responsibility of a platform in this, in this complicated world? Well, so I will say that um, I don't think Facebook is a net positive currently on the uh, on humanity. Um, so, you know, what what could they do to get better? Um, obviously, you know, you mentioned they they had a bunch of um, stuff up for the elections, but then they took it down. Well, why would why would they take it down? Well, the election like, was over, I guess. Yeah, but like all the protections that they could put up, why not keep those yeah. protections up and keep those people employed and and keep. You know, they make quite a bit of money. It's not like they can't spend a little bit more money on on people looking out for big issues. I just don't think Facebook is run terribly well. I mean, obviously, it's run really well as a money making machine, but in terms of like net positive to society, they just do what the you know the bare minimum, and they they know they're going to get fined by the government every few months or years, and they take it and they do all the PR spin that they you know always do. And we kind of just live with it. Like, it just keeps happening. And they say, oh, we're sorry. You know, we'll do this and that. And everybody's like, okay. And then next month, something else happens. And this, this has been going on for like, I don't know, five years, whatever. I'll I don't channel, know. I'll channel my friend Jeff Jarvis because he's always the defender on our This Week in Google show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Facebook was where uh, that 17-year-old who took the video of George Floyd being murdered uh, went she she probably was too young and and uh, you know not respectable enough to get the attention of a newspaper to be a whistleblower there so uh, Darnella Frazier went to Facebook and posted that George Floyd video and began uh, a, a massive movement in the United States uh, to to protect black people um, that's a net that's a positive. That's one way Absolutely. social media amplifies. Look, social media amplifies. I'm not, by the way, I'm not in disagreement with anybody with you, Seth, because I kind of, right. I'm not on Facebook. I don't like Facebook, but I I think it's important to point out that Facebook amplifies all voices, and some of those voices are good, important. Yeah, I I think there's probably other ways to disseminate that video, um, or you know, if she was recording it in Facebook. If their Facebook didn't exist, she would be recording it in a different. Yeah, know, I think she recorded it on her phone and then posted it on Facebook. So, right. Yeah, I mean, there might have been other places, but certainly it was Facebook. Look, this is the both the positive and negative of Facebook. It's very good at galvanizing people to action, and sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative. Right. But maybe I think what we're seeing, what we're seeing with this this Wall Street Journal coverage. 
the Facebook files and, and, and the fact that there's just a, a big focus on the platform right now um, is market forces at work. I mean, there are people both inside and outside the company that are looking at what it's doing and scrutinizing what it's doing. And it's got, you know, Facebook's all about the bottom line. And if it wants to uh, survive and stay competitive and not keep chasing off people like Leo, then it's going to have to govern itself in a way that people do feel like it's a net positive um, or at least not always negative, which I think we're seeing a lot of now. I actually, in all this coverage of, uh, teens on Instagram and the other leaked documents, the slide decks that uh, and reports that talked about Facebook's knowledge of its impact, is particularly Instagram's impact on on teens and how it can have um, how it's uh, lots of users link it to their suicidal thoughts and they have negative body image and various other you know very negative things for teens or anyone. Uh, I was actually kind of heartened that they're doing that research. That internally they're having these discussions because that's maybe a good point. that's a good point. Maybe the market forces are you know if they had not been leaked and outed, uh, maybe decisions would have been made that hey it helps our bottom line to make sure people stay safe. It feels like it would be fair, Nicholas, to say to Facebook, uh, "Great, you did the research. Here's what we want: release the research. Let us all see every bit of it. Two, let independent researchers like NYU do their work." Instead of banning them from the platform and protecting yourself, let right. let information come out and let us be the judge. Wouldn't that be a fair thing to do, Nicholas? That seems fair, and uh, to me, seems like so such an easy decision for Facebook to make, and it would it would sort of like deflate a lot of this like media angst and antagonism towards the company if they, they were just slightly more. Uh, open and transparent with this information, uh, it, it, the, the attitude coming from the company just seems uh, maybe not belligerent, but they they're intransigent or something. They 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 don't want to. They don't. They it seems like they like a fight. This is uh, how tech. Like if, this is how big tech acts, right? Apple yeah, is defensive. I, Google's defensive. Facebook's defensive. Yeah, I don't understand the communications, you know, the, the comm strategies of some of these companies just to be just to automatically like reflexively just like attack, be defensive. It rather uh, it, it doesn't appear to be like, di- you know, diffusing the media <laughs> uh, interest. Uh, so I don't I don't know that it's a great strategy. It's funny. They've got Nick Clegg there. Uh, maybe I don't, I don't know what he's arguing, but uh, this this attitude, this combative attitude, it, it doesn't appear to be working. Uh, and if they are doing this research and they do have, you know, they I don't know. It just feels like they're already doing the work. Why not just release it, you know? I wonder if Facebook, there's two possibilities. One is, I think Facebook, probably rightly so, thinks normal people, our users, they don't care. This is this is all a big, sure. the, the Wall Street Journal in 60 Minutes, maybe 60 Minutes scares them a little bit because real people watch 60 Minutes. But I think most people say, you know, I don't care. I use Facebook to stay in touch with my grandkids, with my high school sweetheart, with, you know, with my my uh, my neighborhood group, it's good for that. Well, I don't care. I don't see all that stuff. I, it's not a problem for me. Yeah. And they just kind of say, they brush it off. And I think Facebook's probably strategy is, well, we're not going to worry about it because our users don't care. There's also, though, maybe Facebook's a little worried about government intervention. And uh, I'm going to play a clip that's kind of embarrassing. Uh, uh, Senator Blumenthal 
talking to Facebook safety chief uh, this week. You know what the term <clears throat> Finsta is. I hadn't heard of it before, but I looked it up. Sure. Which Dick Blumenthal probably should have done. It's short for fake, fake Instagram. It's something kids do. They create a fake account so that they can be private. So they can share photos, not publicly, but privately on Instagram. It's a way to use Instagram for privacy. For some, I don't know why, for some reason, Dick Blumenthal thought it was something something terrible. Will you commit to ending Finsta? This is an act, a question for Facebook. Senator, uh, again, let me explain. We don't actually, we don't actually do, do <laughs> Finsta. What Finsta refers to is young people setting up uh, accounts where they want, may want to have uh, more privacy. You refer to it as privacy from their parents. What, what, in my interaction with teens, what I found is that they sometimes like to have a, an account where they can interact just with their, with a smaller group of, of friends. Well, Finsta that, is that one of your... Finsta is one of your products or services. We're no, not talking it's here not. about Google or Apple. It's Facebook, correct? <laughs> oh, my God. Finsta How do you explain to somebody who thinks Facebook has created something called Finsta? And so I understand why Facebook might be nervous that this guy could be regulating them. Yeah, they are afraid of the regulators. And don't you just love how Senator Blumenthal there introduced us to the Finstones, our <laughs> modern Stone Age congressional family? Well, that's good. You ought to start a meme. I could just see him pedaling his car. Uh, Congress has shown a kind of singular look. They, they've shown a, a appropriate interest in what's going on. And maybe there's something to do about this. But they've also shown a singular inability to understand it. Dick, get an Instagram account. You, it's not that hard. I think there are a lot of people your age who are doing that. I'm your age. <laughs> I don't, it's bizarre. This is as it's bad. It's really bizarre. This is as Some bad as are, a series of tubes. This is ridiculous. People are trying to defend him, saying, no, he actually knew what it was. He actually did earlier in the hearing read a definition of what a Finsta was. He read it out loud. So he either wasn't paying attention when he oh, was reading. It didn't sink in. Or or people are actually like trying to get in his head and say, no, he must have meant he doesn't want Instagram and Facebook to enable kids to have accounts that they multiple accounts and somewhere they're not using their real name and. I, I mean, that's a stretch to that's say even, that's what he was going for there. But that's even there. scarier if the Senate's yeah. saying, oh, yeah, we got to make sure. And by the way, there is a there are people who think that the problem with the Internet is anonymity. And we should just make everybody have one Facebook account that's their real name and they should provide ID. And one Instagram account that's their real name and they should provide ID. If that's what they're going for, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's not the answer. Right. I don't know. So what- I do th- you make a good point, Leo, that, that Facebook and all the rest of big tech is is quivering right now. They know that Washington is, uh, that they're an easy target, that, that that you can do things like grandstand in the hearing that happened. When was it? Friday. Uh, yeah. And and that they can do that over and over again and get out in front of their voters and, and say, look, and it, except when they're completely doing a series of tubes botch, um, they're saying we're paying attention to these issues that matter to you and, and you should reelect us. I mean, basically that's the whole context oh, of what's sorry. going on there. <laughs> and honestly, yeah. uh, if there's if, if Facebook's doing anything wrong, they're just not paying enough money to the right people because <laughs> gun manufacturers and and the military industrial complex and uh, the Koch brothers, everybody else knows how to handle Congress. It's, is, is it Silicon Valley just hasn't figured out? You just give 
a few senators some money, and it all goes away. You don't have to worry anymore. All right. I'm sorry. I'm getting cynical. Pardon me. In my old age. Um, I, I just want the Congress people to start letting their staffs handle the hearings. Maybe, well, maybe we'd have better luck. It's my guess that that was a staff. He was reading it. That that that, that was a question he had. Yeah. Somebody down. on his staff blew it. Somebody his staff really screwed up because, yeah. Yeah. you know, are you going to stop Finsta? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, what? Hopefully <laughs> that person got the axe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so what also the other problem is, even if you uh, if you were to say, look, this is, you know, Facebook's a huge problem, as 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 you do, um, uh, Seth, uh, let's w- what would you do? How would you fix it? You don't put them out of business. Right. Uh, it's quite complicated. I, I can't even imagine like how much work would be involved with that, like on, on the ground level. So but, I you know, on a high level, I just. It doesn't feel like what we're doing now is is. Are you is, on? Uh, do you have a Facebook account? I do. Um, my mom thinks Facebook is the internet. So, <laughs> see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mom is not watching 60 Minutes tonight and worrying about Facebook. She's going. I don't know what they're talking about. This is how I stay in touch with my son. Right. Um, also, you know, we have the site, so we have to do. You know, business wise, we put. Right. Business-wise, we have to put out all of our Yeah, stuff. I say I don't have a Facebook account, but of course Twit does. And we have right. social media marketing experts who post there and stuff. But Because uh, you kind of have to if you're a business, I guess. It's hard, very hard to think of how you would solve a problem when you have 3 billion users. All of well, whom are posting you know, crazy stuff. Let, let me connect some dots back to July. Yeah, you mentioned, Leo, that... Um, Facebook and YouTube and others are are taking aggressive steps to keep vaccine misinformation off their yeah. sites or to find it and yeah. take it YouTube down. YouTube just and banned I, Dr. Joseph Merkola, who's like the big name in uh, right. in anti-vax. And and you know, I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but it seems to me like you can trace that back to July when our Surgeon General in the United States, Dr. Vivek Murthy, if I'm saying his name right. Um, issued a statement advisory, did a whole press conference. I'm not sure exactly what, what uh, the document he published is called. It's not, it's non-binding. It's more of a guidance, but uh, he, he was very um, concerned about misinformation and he pointed a great big old finger at big tech and said the tech companies actually have a much better sense of how much misinformation is being transacted on their platforms. And without understanding the full extent of it, it's hard to formulate the most effective strategies. And he's got a point. And what he's getting without anybody enacting a law or having grandstanding hearings is I think you can draw a line from those actions by this one person in government back in July to what we're seeing now on the platforms. Maybe. <laughs> Even if you took away today Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, just like they never existed, we'd still have a massive problem in this country, right? It's not that those platforms are, are required for the polarization we have in this country, right? Would it be different? Would it be better? Seth, you seem to think it'd be better. Um, I don't think it would be as strong. Um I don't think there would be as much a motivation to go just, you know, Democrats and Republicans right now seem to be just like 
100% going at each other. It and doesn't and, and seem it's like going at each other on those platforms specifically. On those platforms, yeah. yeah. Although, as Denise said, do I mean, it offline too. Her, her friend who has a store <laughs> put up a sign saying va- uh, masks required and is attacked. It was vaccinations, actually. Vaccinations. So a okay. little more yeah. controversial than just masks. Yeah. You, but there, <laughs> I, this is coming, by the way, because pro people who are pro-vaccination are looking at people who are anti-vaccination as as bringing the whole thing down. Like we were about to emerge and this was going to be fine. People who are anti-vaccination look at the pro-vaccination and say, your tools of, I don't know who, what, I don't know, the big pharma, I don't know what it is that they think. Uh, and that battle is people are getting more and more pissed at each other, right? It's getting more and more polarized. Even though, by the way, I should point out the vast majority of people have been vaccinated now. The, the anti-vaxxers are a minority, but they're a loud minority. I think if I'm hearing you right, Leo, you're sort of saying, what What if there were a world without social media? Yeah. I mean, is that really a world that we're, is the problem so bad that that's where we want to go? I mean. <laughs> no. I mean, you okay. could make the argument that uh, my business is based on, you know, internet broadcasting. And so it's a form of that. Um, right. I, yeah, where do you cut it off? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Do you remember? I don't know if you've ever had Andrew Keene on any of oh, the shows yeah. on the network. Oh, yeah, you remember his yeah. book, We've The Cult of the Amateur. Cult of the Amateur, yeah. Right. He, he predicted so this. He did. <laughs> he we're we're living it. He said that we would be celebrating the lack of expertise in the world. And that's exactly what's happening. When you hear yeah. uh, people like Adam Curry on his podcast called physicians the medical elite, as if... They're somehow, you know, because they studied medicine for seven years, they're somehow, you know, taking advantage of us. And we should listen to somebody who hasn't studied medicine for medical advice. No, there's, there, there, it's not elitism. It's expertise. And, right. it's, and it's okay to have experts. In fact, probably better to listen to experts than not experts. I don't know. I don't. So I, I don't think you get to take away everybody's megaphone, though. You know, no, I mean, you know what? Yeah. Even if I wanted to, it's it, the, that's that's out of that that horse has left the barn a long time ago. There's nothing you can right. do about that. That's it's a fantasy. I'm just it's an interesting thought experiment. Would we be different? Would we be better off without these? Maybe. But the fact is, we got them. What if there was like an open source blockchain? You know, it ran off the blockchain like Facebook that you had control of you you know you didn't you decided what you saw what you know you didn't see you don't even have to go so far as blockchain if uh i i really wanted my family to use discord and have a private family mm-hmm. discord you could have a, a private server that's discord there's no ads in it there's nobody else in it it's just whoever you invite to be on it and it's and your mom would stay in touch with you and she could chat with you and see pictures and all that stuff there's plenty of ways to do that you could have a finsta there's plenty That's of ways. Right. Yeah, um, it's funny. I, I, to me, I feel like I social media is pretty good for me. Like I, I don't see a lot of craziness. I mean, I on on Instagram, I look at pictures of like watches I can't afford, which is nice to <laughs> yeah. aspirational. Yeah, uh, it makes you, know, you feel uh, bad about your current watch. But that's okay. What are you going to do, though? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> soccer stuff and my YouTube is all video games and computer benchmarks, and it's like. I don't know at, at what level is this what people choose to expose themselves to if you're if you're someone who's predisposed I, into anti-elite those medical elite and you find those communities uh, maybe Facebook could make it harder to find those communities or maybe they suggest those communities to you but if you're someone who's just like I love the NBA I like watching NBA highlights on Twitter uh, 
I don't know. That seems fairly harmless to me. I don't know. Maybe no, I hear that argument all the time wrong. from a lot of people who say, I love my Twitter. I love my Facebook. I love my Instagram because I only follow people who, you know, and I think that's really the case for everybody uh, who loves those platforms. They follow the people that say, that, you know, say things consonant with their own beliefs. Right. I, and you can't fault Facebook for providing that platform for people. They choose their beliefs. They choose who they're going to follow. I mean, I remember and when the current- I was, uh, you know, 15, 16, I was on a Usenet professional wrestling groups discussing the latest storylines and all that stuff. It's like I found that. Was that was that social media? I don't know. Do we blame Usenet for making me interested in, you know, The Rock or whatever? I don't know. Uh, but I, 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 it is very interesting to me. I, I am very much of the person. It's like, you know, these to- these are tools, you know, you can use them for for good or bad. Uh, and, you know, obviously it does feel that the companies can make it a little harder to find some of the bad stuff. Uh, but Facebook and Twitter, they didn't invent, uh, you know, bad people. They, Twitter did not invent jerks. You know, Zuckerberg did not invent people who are mean to each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of thoughts. The current hand-wringing is about, I mean, some of the current hand-wringing anyway, is about kids, the, you know, very current hand-wringing right now. And and are these platforms doing enough to protect kids from the adverse impacts of seeing watches that are very expensive that they can't afford and yet they want (laughs) to feel bad about maybe and and seeing people who have, you know, so perfected their their image. I mean, it's, it's unreal what you can do with the proper cameras and filters and, 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 you know, for us as a, a tech show and, and tech journalist people, um, there is a huge boom, I would say, uh, to sort of gadgetry that is all aimed at how do we look good on these platforms, I would go so far as to say the the current iteration of the iPhone they just started selling its new what's it called cinema mode, yeah. where they've taken yeah, yeah where they've taken you blur out the background in photos in portrait mode you can you can do that in your videos now too, or and you can the, buy those new Ray Bans designed to put pictures up on Facebook <laughs> from right. the camera in your glasses. Yes, yes, we live in that world. So I mean. We live in a world where, you know, okay, do, do kids really need to be protected from some of this stuff? I'd say yes, but a, a lot of that should fall to how kids are educated about how to use the tools, the, the, what harms the tools can do to them, how to, you know, take it in stride and take it with a grain of salt and know that, I mean, I have a teenager and I can tell you he and all his friends know that the stuff that they see on Instagram isn't real. They Good. know that it's Good. it's uh, formulated for their consumption. That doesn't mean they don't hold themselves to those standards, but they're skeptical about they're it. Aware they, of it. Yeah. They're aware of it. Yeah. Um, and, I would, and if anything I would, good came out of this, it's the fact that Adam Asseri announced that Instagram was not going to do Instagram kids uh, because of this scrutiny. Which was, I think, a good idea to not do that. I, you know, I, I actually am kind of sad about that. Really? I, I mean, not somebody's got to give kids a platform they can use. To, I, I don't even know if Club True. Penguin exists anymore, but they, they're going to go somewhere. <laughs> shouldn't it be, you know, shouldn't it be by a company who understands uh, what their regulatory obligations are under COPPA and, you know, that's actually going to have the huge deep pockets you need to be able to comply with those regulations that are already on the books 
And uh, now we've got our FTC chair, Lena Khan is her name. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she issued a memo this week that is really interesting and deserves a deep dive about how, what the FTC under on her watch, what she wants the FTC to do about privacy and ad tech and children's tech and, um, on and on. It's pretty interesting. And, and she's very savvy and very anti big tech, right? She's really concerned about the impact of big tech. And, and she may, you know, there's been some uh, pushback that some of what she's proposing might be beyond the ambit of what the FTC is actually allowed to do under its designated authority. But but it's interesting that there might be some um, attention paid from that front because the FTC is also who's responsible for enforcing COPPA. One of the things she says is if you expect us, the FTC, to, you know, be the enforcement arm of all these concerns, you're going to have to give us the resources we need. She says they're vastly underfunded to be able to do the job here. And, and she's probably right. I mean, you know, does she have, you probably know better than anybody. Does she have the power uh, to do this? Does she, she needs, does she need Congress to do this? Does she need the president to do it? Uh, Or is she just a figurehead? Is she just there to say the right words, make everybody feel better? uh, Oh, no, the FTC has teeth and it can enforce things. And she has legal theories as to how she has the authority to do some of this stuff. But those theories will be challenged. And you remember net neutrality, (laughs) how that wound up going back and forth, back and forth in court. We might see that kind of scenario playing out here as well i think that's all for the good i think this is a conversation that we should have the ftc is a very natural place to have those conversations the courts are the right place to adjudicate those maybe better than congress uh and if if the laws need to be made if antitrust laws need to be modified for the modern era that's fine congress can do that this is this seems to be all to the good um you know it's it's a very it's an intractable problem but I don't think you could put it on uh, Mark Zuckerberg's shoulders to fix Facebook. Uh, I think he, he is, like any business, going to act in his own self-interest as as much as he can. I think it's going to be up to uh, us, the people, in the form of our government, to figure out how we want to solve this. And I think just more transparency, more openness, probably is the right way to go. Uh, it's kind of... So I, I hate to get into the conversation because it's 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 really such an endless conversation. We we have it all the time, and I don't know what the answer is. But tonight is going to be an important turning point, I think, in this because sixty minutes has such reach. So many people will see this, and I'd be very curious to see what your uh, what your mom thinks, Seth, after the Sunday night sixty minutes piece on uh, Facebook. Well, I'll ask her on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Best way to stay. Leo- I have a question for you. Do they think it's the same whistleblower? Yes, they do, but we don't know. But yeah, that's the the impression I get is the whistleblower that went to the Washington Post has now gone to CBS and will be testifying on Tuesday in front of Congress. You mean the Wall Street Journal? Uh, Did I say, I meant Wall Street Journal and then CBS because of 60 Minutes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Apparently Kara Swisher was on... uh, on Meet the Press today and uh, said that Facebook is amplifying and weaponizing hate. So uh, there's a there's a strong voice in the tech community mm-hmm. um, coming in on, on this. I, it's, a, it's a very interesting conversation. And it's I think I agree with you, Seth. It's clear there's a problem. I just don't know what the answer is. I just don't know what the answer is. Um, we'll take a break. Come back with more. 
Good to have you all. Uh, in fact, it's great. It's better than good. It's great to have you back. Seth Weintraub, publisher, uh, editorial director at 9 to 5 and Electric. He's the founder there and uh, he's got some new magazines. Great to see you. Denise Howell, our, uh, my, my internet lawyer from uh, denisehowell.info and Fitz with Fitz. And Nicholas DeLeon, who's a tech reporter, senior reporter at, senior electronics reporter, let me get that right, at Consumer Reports. Great, Thank you. Great to have all three of you. I have a great little tool that we've been using here at Twit for some years now to protect your security. We talk so much about ransomware. Uh, the real problem these days with ransomware is it doesn't just happen all at once. Uh, a bad guy uses exploits, probably phishing to get into your internal company network. And then instead of triggering it right away, they wander the network. They look at resources. They exfiltrate information that they can use either to blackmail you or just to sell on the black market. Uh, and then once they really understand your network, sometimes months or years later, then they might trigger the ransomware. So the trick to protecting yourself is to know when there's an intruder. And so many people protect the perimeter, the periphery, and then forget that you also got to check what's going on on the inside. That's where the Things to Canary is so cool. We talk a lot about advanced persistent threats, this idea that, 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 that uh, bad guys are in your network. But rather than the villain lying in, in wait inside your network, you've got a hero waiting for them. It's unfortunate. Companies find out too late they've been compromised. I think it's on average, uh, it takes 191 days for a company to realize there's been a data breach. That's six months. And, and uh, you can think of some cases where it's been years, years before they even know somebody is in the network. Even after they've already spent millions on IT security. Canary is something you have to have that goes hand in hand with your perimeter security to detect prowlers inside your network. What do they do? They browse Active Directory for file servers. They explore file shares looking for documents. They'll see network devices. They'll try default passwords to log in to your routers and your NAS servers. They'll scan for open services across the network. Just it gives you the creepy crawlies even to think about it. Things Canaries are a little appliance. They're like an IoT device, but they're very clever. They can pose as anything. When you go into the Canary configuration, you can tell it to be a router or a switch or a NAS server. Mine's actually set up to be a Synology NAS, uh, a Windows box or a Linux box. You can turn on as many services as you want, do a complete Christmas tree, light them all up, or be more judicious. The beauty of this is things canaries don't look vulnerable on your network. They look valuable. They look like something a bad guy wants to get into. With my NAS, it has a Synology MAC address. It has the Synology login page identical. When they try to log in, I get a notification. Somebody is trying to log into your canary. There's somebody inside your network. You can even use things canaries to put fake files around your network, scatter them around. The, they call them canary tokens. They can look like a PDF, a Word document, a spreadsheet. I have spreadsheets on our network that say things like uh, employee payroll information. You know, And as soon as somebody tries to open it, boom, I know. I love it because you don't get... You know, a slurry of, of false positives. You only get alerts when there's really something to be par paying attention to. And you can get them in any way you like. Email, you can get a text message. There's a console that comes with the canary. You can have Slack. They support webhooks. They have an API, so you can make it work with anything. Uh, Syslog, if you like to use that. Um, you're going to love having this on your system. And not just one. You probably want more than one. There's some banks, big, big... Uh, 
enterprises that might have hundreds of canaries. Smaller companies might just have one or two. They're deployed all over the world, all seven continents. The guys who've designed this have been in the security game for more than 20 years. They've trained companies, militaries, and governments about breaking into networks. They know from the other side what hackers are doing and what they're looking at, and that's why they designed the best honeypot ever, the easiest to configure. And it's, it's a great deal, too. Let me t- give you an example. Let's say you want five canaries. Go to canary.tools slash twit, $7,500 a year. You get your own hosted console. You get upgrades automatically, support, maintenance. If you sit on one and break it, they'll send you another one. It's all part of your deal. By the way, if you use the code TWIT in the How Did You Hear About Us box, you could take 10% off that price forever for as long as you use your canaries. And if you're not happy, there's a great two-month money-back guarantee. So there's really no cost to trying this out and seeing how it works. The best thing is you put this on your network. If you don't hear from it, you're happy. It's, it's great. It's quiet. It just sits there quietly. We've only had our canary go off once. And when it did, it was good. We knew. There was a, there was a device on our network scanning all the NASAs on the network. Actually, not just the NASAs, all the network devices. It was a NASA itself. I don't know. It was from Western Digital. I don't know why it was doing that. But we, sh- we tracked it down. We got rid of it right away. Canary.tools slash twit. Offer code twit. 10% off for the life of your device canary.tools slash twit. We thank them so much for their support of this week in tech. Oh, let's see. Going on with <laughs> but more moral panic. Let's see. What else do we have? More moral panic. Have you seen? Did, okay, this was actually interesting. Amazon had an event. We didn't stream it because they don't do a public stream, but a lot of people went to, went to it. I don't know if you sent reporters to it, Seth. I imagine you did, showing all these new Echo devices uh, I th- I thought one was interesting. It was an Amazon Echo 15-inch screen you hang on the wall. 200-some, 50 bucks, very affordable uh, for what you get. But, of course, the one that everybody paid attention to was Astro the Home Robot. I'll play a little video for you here. Astro the Home Robot. It, uh, it follows you around... <laughs> If there's a stranger in the house, if first of all, you set it up so that it does face recognition. So it knows everybody in the house. And it's got the cute little eyes. It follows you around. If it sees somebody it doesn't know, it goes and looks at them and sends you a picture. There's somebody in the house. I don't know him. There it is. It's backing up to charge. It's like a little Roomba with a screen on it. It also has a telescoping camera. Which is kind of weird. The screen, though, you got to get on your knees when Grandma's talking to you. You got to get down on your knees so you wouldn't run, and she can follow you around. Uh, this is something a lot of companies have tried to get into this home. There's the, there's the periscope. It's going up. <laughs> Everybody's trying to get into the home robot business. A thousand bucks available uh, for the holiday shopping season. What do you think? Seth, you gonna Shall buy I it? jump in? Yeah, it's you you know what? I think we should have our attorney talk about this. Will you get First an Astro? All, I, I'm not planning on it. I have stairs in my house. I don't want it doing a header well, down the stairs. One engineer who worked on the team, and maybe this is uh, bitter grapes or something, but one of the one of the, uh, one of the guys said it, it, it will throw itself down the stairs as soon as it can. 
<laughs> as soon as it gets an opportunity to. Now, maybe he wasn't on the team when they fixed that. Developers who worked on the early version say the version of the robot they worked on did not work well. Quote, this is from Vice, Astro is terrible and will almost certainly throw itself down a flight of stairs if presented with the opportunity. The person detection is unreliable at best, making the in-home security proposition laughable. The device feels fragile. For something with an absurd cost, the mast has broken on several devices, locking itself in the extended or retracted position, which means there's no way to ship it back to Amazon when it happens. They're also mm. pushing it as an accessibility device, but with the mast breaking and the possibility that at any given moment it'll commit suicide on the flight of stairs, it's best absurdist nonsense and marketing and at worst potentially dangerous for anyone who would rely on it for accessibility purposes. It may be just a disgruntled former astro uh, designer i don't know um i like how amazon will just kind of throw devices out there yeah. and see if they stick yeah. <laughs> I, so. they have this day one thing that they do where it's yeah. like crazy stuff and you get to vote on it i ordered a thermal printer that would take you could say to your echo print my shopping list and it would go it still hasn't come i don't know if it'll ever come but yeah, you know i like these ideas they're, but you remember the, the echo the echo look was the thing you were going to put in your I sent you my closet. look closet. Do you still mm-hmm. have it? Uh no, they discontinued support for the look. Oh. <laughs> and uh I have the you know, who knows? This could be a similar thing where But they, you liked it when you had it, right? I I liked it when I had it. I I didn't use it as intended and and I think that, you know, that's that's probably true of a lot of people's devices. Um I, I, there's always the problem with stuff yeah. like this that they may just say, yeah, never mind. When I put my lawyer hat on, you know, and we go back to our discussion we were having a minute ago, are we going to keep people from having always listening robots in their homes? Um, I don't know that we can. I also don't know that they're a good idea. And uh, there's a really interesting piece on voice recognition and voice surveillance and how it just gets you to a place where you get used to this kind of thing. Are you talking about the um, New York Times opinion piece? Uh, well, there was that, yes. Yeah. Hear and that? Also a, it's your voice yeah. being taken for profit. This is by a professor yeah. of media systems at the University of Pennsylvania. He wrote a book right. called The Voice Catchers, how marketers listen in to exploit your feelings, your privacy, your wallet. It's everybody's worst paranoid nightmare. Um. I don't. Right. Do you think that's that like the Amazon Echo is listening to everything? No, it's not sending that data back all the time, is it? Uh, let's hope not. I mean, it 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 could. And from a privacy standpoint, I want there to be rules in place that make it very very clear that the only way in which you know your voices and your images that these devices are being used for anything other than your own use. Uh, is is very well explained and very opt-in. You know, as long as we have those kinds of controls in place, then there's no danger that, you know, that, that well, until somebody decides to break the rules, right? But, one of the um, things, or Tarot, until the, until the data's hacked. One of the things that actually seems less paranoid to me that Tarot mentions is that when you're, you know, you always hear this when you're on the phone with your bank or whatever, this call may be recorded for quality assurance purposes. Mm-hmm. They're actually recording it for biometric purposes, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yikes. And just, you know, you get so used to being watched and recorded everywhere you are that at some point you just stop paying attention and don't think it's a big deal. 
And it can be a big deal if we don't have good safeguards on it in place. And if there isn't good data security in place, right? Because all it takes is one whistleblower or one leak or one hack and and all of this carefully guarded information that regulators have imposed restrictions on is is out there for anybody's use. Tarot says, my research suggests many customer contact centers, this is news to me, I'd never heard this, now approach and manage callers based on what they think the person's voice or syntax reveals about the individual's emotions, sentiments, and personality, often in real time. If during a call with a customer agent, this biometric technology tags you as tense, you may be offered a discount on your purchase. You may be, in, in other words, they're, I mean, I guess any customer service res, rep kind of does this anyway, intuitively, but now they're using software to do this. That's news right. to me. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. That's, you, Seth, you went, Ew. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's scary and creepy, but... You know, it also doesn't seem to work because every time I do a call center call, <laughs> yes. it's like the worst experience ever. And, and they, you know, they, they say these things that they think that are helpful and it's just really just annoying and you just want the answer to your problem solved and all the niceties and that kind of stuff really just makes me more angry. And, and <laughs> It's not working. Yeah. What a it's surprise. Not. This is this yeah. is a common story where companies rely on technology they think to do a better job and all it does is make their customers angry. <laughs> Look at recommendation engines. You know, how mm. many how, how often does Amazon recommend to you something you just bought? Well, the ads are certainly like if you buy something, you're going to get ads for that yeah. something. I just for, bought it. I don't need an ad right. for that. That's the best you can do. Right. Uh, I don't think it helps to put things in a package that look like a little friend or like Wally. Yeah, this thing, this uh, Astro looks like Wally. Mm-hmm. By the way, we had an advertiser uh, for a, a, a robot called uh, Curry. I don't know if you remember the Curry. Say it was. It, it, they actually uh, we advertised it. They took pre-order uh, deposits. Bosch was underwriting it. Uh, they eventually uh, put it uh, to sleep, and they said, "Yeah, we're never going to get this working because, because stairs, I guess." But uh, and fortunately, I'm glad, happy to say that they ended up re- giving everybody refunds for their deposits, so nobody was out money. Um, but the Curry robot looked. Let me see if I can. F- I can. F- this is from uh, Mayfield Robotics. This was an advertiser on Twit. Looked very much like Astro. Same idea, and it did even less. <laughs> but, but it had the it had the little eyes and it would follow you around, read you stories, make like sounds. This Wally. is four years ago. Yeah. How about Vector? I remember when you guys all had the Vector Anki driving Vector. around. Yeah. They had eyes too, didn't they? Little little cute mm-hmm. little eyes. <laughs> uh, when we when we uh, when I went over to Mayfield Robotics to look at this, I said, This is really cool. It's neat. The technology's great. What does it do? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> what's the point of it? Well, your kids are going to grow up in a world where there are robots in the home. So you might, you should get them used to it now. I guess you could make the same argument for Astro. The Anki at least, uh, was a toy mm-hmm. would do stuff, right? I don't yes. Know. Yeah. It would pick up a little block. <laughs> well, okay. That's <laughs> Amazon in the ad. 
apparently there's a, a, a recalcitrant uh, spouse who says, why are we getting this robot? But she's mollified because the robot, the Astro, has cup holders. And her husband sends her a beer. And she says, oh, well, let's get this now. I like it. Uh, <laughs> this, by the way, the Anki had it's echo, a killer app. echo built in. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Beer, a beer delivery device. <laughs> The dream, living the dream. I remember there was a there was a an R two D two little robot guy. You could it didn't do much. I'm sure it could fall down the stairs just as easily as Astro, but it did have a cup holder. Like so, there is yeah, definitely holder. yep precedent. I don't yeah. want to. I honestly don't want to knock Amazon for trying this because I agree with you, Denise. It's kind of neat that they throw stuff up against the wall just to see what sticks. And they're willing, they're, they're kind of brave. They're willing to do that. Complete opposite of Apple, which does years of testing and often doesn't release it because, you know, we, we didn't think anybody wanted it. I, I like the testing in, in, in public instead of in private. I think it's a good to idea. To me, the biggest issue here, the $1,000 to beta test, you know, the feels a little a little expensive i mean my initial reaction was like oh that that's kind of neat I don't, i'm not like ideologically opposed to having a little robot crawling around the house i mean that's i don't know i think it's kind of fun i texted you know the story to my dad when it was announced and he was he's pushing 70 and he's super into all the smart homes you name it he has it he loves this that's stuff. who's gonna uh, buy this Amazon feels, uh, and I don't mean this just disrespectfully, like very boomer. Like, like a lot of this stuff feels aimed at like guys who are like, very Jetsons. They grew up on the Jetsons yeah. and all this stuff. Is, we like, want to live in the life. future. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he, I think, I think he said it was super cool. And yes. so, it's like, is he going to spend a thousand dollars for it? Probably not. Maybe but not like cool. again, is yeah. and as long as you know, as long as the privacy kind of safeguards are there, but also to be. He's not super concerned about that either. Actually, it's all just kind of neat Jetson stuff to him. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So I, I sort of agree. I think it's kind of fun that they're they're launching this launch stuff. See what sticks. You know, maybe maybe it launches, maybe it dies, and no one remembers it. You know, two years from now. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, but uh, yeah, to me, that thousand dollars does seem. And, and you know what? I, I get. I won't guarantee, but I would be very surprised if that thing doesn't sell out uh, even at a thousand dollars because there are enough. Uh, Let's say nerds, uh, speaking as a nerd out there, who would also find that neat just to have it kind of run. It doesn't even have to do anything. It's just cool that it, that it's there and that it works. I and bet. for a lot of people, uh, that's sufficient. I bet your dad is already on the invitation list for the Ring security <laughs> drone. He could well be. <laughs> we, uh, really <laughs> mock, we mocked this when Amazon announced it. It's now available. It's called the Always Home Cam. It's $250. It's a, an autonomous indoor camera that flies around the home. Yeah. Uh, kind of same idea as the robot uh, yeah. that you might not be home, but you hear a sound. And so you trigger the <laughs> release the Kraken. You trigger the yes. the drone. <laughs> and uh, here I'll show you a video of this one. So bad guy breaking in. Right. All of a sudden, the ring security drone says, hey, there's somebody in your house. And it tracks him. And he goes, what the hell is that? And it plays an alarm and he goes, I'm out of here, man. you got security drones. I don't know. Here's I, the thing. I can this see that. This terrifies me about both the drone and the little Astro robot. <laughs> they both have these surveillance modes wow. where they're supposed to be helping you Patrolling. keep people out of your house. The patrol, right? yeah. The, the guy running away, that, that response is going to last about five minutes. And then... 
he's just going to knock these things down with a sledgehammer. And then this is like the sci-fi nightmare. They're going to have to more effectively do surveillance. Right. So what does that look like? <laughs> so, you're right. It's just uh, the beginning. That's actually a good insight because that's really what happens is it's a slippery slope. You start yeah. with a video doorbell. And pretty soon you've got drones patrolling your perimeter. I agree with that. And yeah. to me, that is the the kind of the real the real issue here is is you know theoretically perhaps the the corrosive effect on society. Like if we're all just arming ourselves with surveillance drones and devices, where our neighbors are, you know, it's not it's not exactly love thy neighbor anymore. Everyone's a threat. Everyone needs to be yeah. Kept. It makes you paranoid. Like that is that yeah. is very uh, that is interesting. Uh, I, I don't I know wanna... what uh, yeah. I want to be at the first big social gathering where someone has one of these Astros and they've forgotten to take it out of surveillance mode. And it's going <laughs> it's around wandering. going, Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Warning. Warning. Yeah. Sounds it's 90 decibel alarm. So here's a, a video Amazon sent out of the drone patrolling your house while you're away. And it, all of a sudden it hears a, a, uh, a little disturbance in the kitchen. And it's the telescope goes up and it sends you a picture of a raccoon and you go, hmm. And so you press the alarm button and there goes the raccoon. Sure. Like, sure, that's going to happen. And you go back to your wine and Astro continues to patrol. And now here's, and by the way, here it is bringing you up here. <laughs> by the way, I managed to get that into and she, she goes, oh, well, that's that's different. What? Okay. Thank you. I think a thousand's not too much. I need my spouse to actually physically bring me a beer. It doesn't count. <laughs> I sent the robot with a beer. <laughs> what do you want, lady? Yeah, it, it, it's amazing that the length spouses will go not to bring you a beer, actually, yeah. if truth truth be told. Uh, I don't know. I You know, Amazon is it's wacky. It's wacky. That's all. Did you see the Saturday Night Live? I can't play it because I'll get taken down. But see the Saturday Night Live skit from uh, last night with featuring Jeff Bezos, uh, um, Richard Branson, and a special appearance by Elon Musk, all of them in their space vehicles. <laughs> it's, it's actually hysterical. <laughs> Owen Wilson plays, uh, plays uh, Jeff Bezos in the cowboy hat. Uh, I wish I could play it. I wish I could play it. But uh, you're just going to have to leave that for homework afterwards. <laughs> Uh, we had talked a lot about Activision's uh, troubles in the workplace, about the sexism that uh, surrounded the World of Warcraft uh, group and, and, and its executives and so forth. Uh, they, of course, uh, were sued. Uh, they have decided to settle uh, with, uh, I think, the EEOC. The uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission accused Activision of discriminating against pregnant employees paying female employees less than their male counterparts because of their gender and retaliating against employees who complained about unfair treatment. So Activision's going to settle, pay $18 million, uh, and that money will go to, I don't know, remediation programs and lawyers in uh, unequal proportion. It is not the end for Activision. The Communication Workers of uh, America Labor Union has filed a complaint with the NLRB. Securities and Exchange Commission also investigating, but uh, at least one of the lawsuits has settled. Now, $18 million over workplace misconduct. 
Yeah, color me surprised that the company with the huge rampaging orc statue in front of its headquarters. <laughs> it might have been a hint that it's not the best. You know, you want to be one of, of the a boys. Bro culture. Yeah, a little I don't bit of know. a bro culture. Yeah. <laughs> I, not to give them any excuse because it, it really was pretty reprehensible. They had a yeah. they had a Cosby room to celebrate. Uh, they said. They said this was their excuse in court. Well, we called it the Cosby Room because the carpet looked like a Bill Cosby sweater. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that was the real reason they called that the Cosby Room. Ouch, Ouch is right. Ouch. Yeah. They settled the day this complaint was filed with the EEOC. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, so they didn't go to trial or anything. It's like, yeah, whatever. Here, take some money. Yeah, $18 million is not that much money for this kind of no. thing. But as you said, they're still... It's not the end of the line. But, yeah, exactly. uh, it, Yeah. Should the EEOC have held out for more or... Don't know. How does that work? In yeah. enough detail. Everything I know about the law, I, I learned on TV. So I have to ask you, you're an actual lawyer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it... So it, it, it depends what was being sought... And I'm sure $18 million was, you know, considered reasonable. Yeah. Depending on what was being sought, but I'm sure it was far less. Too. Right. Right. And, I'm, you know, the victims of it, I, I don't know how much of that they're going to see and, and all of that. But at least yeah. it's not a big law firm suing. It's the EEOC. So presumably most of that will go. It doesn't go to the government, right? Most of it goes to the victims, I would hope. It goes to the Senator Blumenthal Senator Blumenthal Education Fund. Fund, a very important, very important outreach program we're doing with all the older senators. Yes. Uh, uh, let me see. I don't know if I want to start with the Theranos trial, but I know you have some thoughts about that. As long as we're in court, we might as well. Have you been? I've been watching Goliath. Do you like Goliath, Billy Ray, Billy Bob Thornton's? Uh, show about being a crazy lawyer the reason this came up in my mind is because they're uh, the most recent season four the last episode uh, last season they're uh, going after big drug companies an opioid company manufacturer kind of loosely based it's called zax loosely based on the sackler family and uh and oxycontin and uh at one point they're in court and uh they just said they go 600 million dollars and he goes oh Okay. And they walk off. And uh, it, the whole premise of this, I think, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, is that these pharma companies actually make so much money <laughs> that, that they set this all, they tee this up. The courts don't want the trial. Uh, the lawyers just want to settle. And so they tee this all up in such a way that uh, they pay, they're off the hook, and they go home and everybody's happy. They continue to make billions. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, and yeah, I think it makes sense as a storyline. It, it sadly probably makes sense as, as real to, real life too. You know, as yeah. real life. I'm not watching Goliath. Um, I keep hearing great things. So you got to watch it. Further great but again, things, as yeah. an attorney, the only reason it might be okay legally is because Dave. It's David E. Kelly who is an attorney, and the, mm -hmm. his uh, his co creator is also an, uh, an attorney, well known attorney. And so I guess the legal stuff will be sort of. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> There's there's some stuff I don't think really happens, but uh, I'd be curious what you think. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And and another sort of interesting to watch from a legal standpoint show is the morning show, which which goes it's back hard and deep and nuanced on Me Too. And, Are you talking about the new uh, season on, or the old season? 
I'm still finishing season two. I haven't seen season three. No, yet. season two is the new season. There was only one. Oh, it season. is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, yeah. Because the first uh, season was all about that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll have to. Right. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, good. Yeah. Let's take a little break. <laughs> My attorney's in house. You see, I always, whenever I get Denise, and I have to ask her the important legal questions. Actually, you have some thoughts about the Theranos trial. I call it the trial of the century. Of course, it is only 2021, so there's plenty of time to have more trials of the century. Uh, we'll talk about that and a lot more in just a little bit. Also with us uh, from Consumer Reports, my favorite magazine, longtime member of Consumer Union, their senior electronics reporter, Nicholas DeLeon. Great to have you, Nicholas. I'm saying DeLeon, right? Right. Yes, you are. Thank you. Okay. Not DeLeon. It is DeLeon. Yeah, it's Spanish. I am Puerto Rican, so thank you. And proud of it, as you ought to be. My <laughs> real name is Leo, and, uh, but I gave up. See, I had the same problem. Uh, it's yeah. Leo Lapo. And I gave up because it's like everybody called me Leo. So I just said, all right, fine. I don't have to explain it. And that's probably why some people say De Leon because. And, I, you know, it's I, I'm not going to people. People could pronounce it. It is De Leon. If they mispronounce it, it, it's right. not the end of the world. Let's say so. it right. Yes, indeed. Seth Weintraub's also here from Electrek. I want to get your review of the Rivian. You got to drive it. Very excited. Very, very excited. What's your favorite electric vehicle right now? Is that it? Uh, I mean, I'm a week beyond uh, reviewing the, the Rivian, so yes, that is my favorite. And you know, <laughs> whatever you drove most recently, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, one of our my colleagues has just uh, finished the um, Lucid Air, and oh. he's rant, ranting and raving about that oh. as well. So, so in Goliath, I th- was interesting to note that the uh, the the one of the big partners has a chauffeur and drives around in a Lucid Air. First time I'd ever seen it on the road. And it's very distinctive, isn't it, with that bright white line across, and it says Lucid on it. I And it's also very, very, it's a kind of a limousine. I mean, it's a high-end. Yeah, high-end inside and out, crazy speed, power, range. 500 miles plus. Yeah. How do they do that? A lot of batteries in there. Oh, it's just a lot of batteries. A lot of batteries. <laughs> a lot of horsepower, too. Look at that. Over 1,000 horsepower. Yeah. That's what do you crazy. need that for? That's crazy. I just think it, it's pretty. EVs are getting a little crazy with the horsepower. Yeah, they can. They got the torque. I also wonder because Tesla for a long time was was priced the same. I mean, really expensive, but not luxury not as luxurious inside. And I've often wondered what the luxury car uh, driver is going to do. They're not going to choose the Tesla because it's a little pedestrian inside. It's nice, but it's a little. It's not super luxurious. And I imagine companies like Lucid, maybe uh, Audi, will come along and, and, and take up that super luxury uh, category. We were just in IAA in Germany and um, had a chance to drive the EQS, the Mercedes EQS. Uh-huh. And that and that's a, that's a pretty, like, mm. if you're into luxury, that's a luxury car. Mm. And uh, they let us take it on the Autobahn and all kinds of crazy stuff, so it was fun. This uh, The Lucid has uh, a big, wide screen on the dashboard that's kind of crazy. Isn't Cadillac going to do that, too? Somebody else is doing that. Yeah, the Lyric has something lyric. similar to that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a little break. We uh, will come back. We'll talk more uh, about electric vehicles. The Rivian, the first, uh, I think, consumer electric truck. It's, uh, I yep. think Seth liked it a little bit. We'll talk about that and a lot more. Uh, our show today brought to you by Mint Mobile. I love my Mint Mobile. Oh, man. It really makes you wonder why these other companies are charging so much for mobile phone service. The big wireless companies, I think... 
I don't want to use the word ripoff, but it feels like it feels like they're taking you for a little bit of a of a ride with the with the cost. And of course, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if you've learned anything, you've learned there's always a catch, right? There's always hidden fees. They always get you. You know, they start low and it ends up by the time you get the bill, you wow, that's a lot of money. When I heard Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless service for Get this, $15 a month. Of course, I didn't believe it. Of course, I thought, no, come on. Yeah, that's the starting price. What's the final price? No, that's it. That's how much they they charge. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They don't have stores. So there's no crazy overhead cost to get passed on to you. And mystery fees, they just pass along the sweet savings directly to you, it's easy too. You, Mint Mobile will send you the SIM, but they don't even charge for it. Everybody else, oh, that'll be ten bucks for the SIM. No, they'll send you the SIM. You put it in your existing phone. They have a little thing on the a site to make sure your phone works. But basically, any any phone that works with uh, GSM services should work just fine. You put the SIM in. If you want, you could port your number over. Everything comes with you, and you're good. You suddenly you're going from eighty, ninety, a hundred bucks a month to fifteen bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network, T-Mobile. They're T-Mobile MBNO. So if, if, you know, if you're already on T-Mobile, you're really overpaying. Use your phone with any Mint Mobile plan. You keep the same phone number along with your existing contacts. They also sell phones. I got an iPhone SE from them. It was 15 bucks a month. It was a great deal, a great phone, great service, and I'm paying a third of what I'm paying just for service along with one of the big carriers. And if you're not 100% satisfied, don't worry. Mint Mobile has you covered. Seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile. They have unlimited plans. They have more expensive plans. I paid by the year, which really helped save. I just think Mint Mobile's... uh, I wish more people knew about it. And, of course, Ryan Reynolds owns it, so, you know, it's cool. Get your new wireless plan for 15 bucks a month and get it shipped to your door free at mintmobile.com slash twit. Mintmobile.com slash twit. Uh, I think you're going to be amazed. Mint, I, it makes me wonder, you know, why I was ever paying more. Mintmobile.com slash twit. 15 bucks a month. That's it. All in. Mintmobile.com slash twit. Thank you, Mint Mobile, for supporting This Week in Tech. All right. Tell me all about the Rivian. All right. So Rivian makes two vehicles or will make two vehicles, the R1T and the R1S. That's the R1T. You can think of it as truck. And the S is SUV. Um, the truck is a pickup, obviously, with a with a pretty big cab. It's smaller than an F-150. Uh, it's kind of like between the F-150 and a Maverick size, but it's still quite big, especially if you've, you know, used to driving SUVs or whatever. And um, so, you know, on the screen, uh, we're, we're taking a look at the, the uh, frunk. It's huge. Um, <laughs> That's the best thing all- about electric vehicles. There's no engine, so you get a big frunk. Yeah. A truck I mean, in the front. that... That's a nice thing for pickups because, you know, you don't really have any lock space in the back. I mean, this one has, like, space everywhere. Um, oh, it, it look at char- that. That's cool. Yeah. Push a button, the charging cool. port opens. It's got fast it charging. it charges fast. Yeah. Very fast charging. So yeah. it charges at, like, 240 kilowatts, which is, like, as you know, as fast as uh, Tesla or even Porsche right now. Um, it's a bigger battery pack, so it doesn't fill up quite as quick, but it's, you know, it's getting there. Um, so... Anyway, we went up. They had us go up this uh, crazy Breckenridge uh, mountain trail. And, you know, usually the car uh, adventures they take you on are like, you know, a, a, like a ride around the track at <laughs> right. the headquarters right. or something. Right. This was like a real, 
you know, adventure. Um, then they pulled the camp kitchen out of the uh, um, middle of the, the truck. And all of a sudden you're doing, um, you know, you're cooking food, you're washing dishes, you're doing all kinds of uh, stuff like that. So that, there wow. it is on the screen. That come, that's in the truck? In the truck. Yeah. Oh it's, I mean, God. it's a $5,000 option. You don't need to have it. No, but, but I would get it. That's awfully cool. Yeah. That is and so it's, dang uh, cool. It comes out of the side. It's, it's a little kitchen. And it's an induction oven. So You're kidding. You don't, oh, you don't have to get the Bosch. Um, so they I'll took just, us up. I'll park this in our kitchen. It's great. Brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> Easy peasy. Um, and, you know, we went on a crazy mountain. It was tons of fun um, with one pedal driving, as you know, Leo. I uh, love that. Cars. You yeah. just drive with one one pedal. You're going up a big hill. Um, how's, so, the, how's, know, this, how's the low gear? Because that's always an issue. So they have, it's called rock climb mode. And it, it goes quite slow, but it, you know, it's very torquey. And, and you can basically go up like a wall <laughs> of a hill. So. Um, this car you know, has electric- personality. I love the. I know the headlights were a little controversial when they announced this a few years ago, but exactly, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's cute. Yeah, and so you know it does everything right, and then then you take it on the street and you hit sport mode. It drops down like seven or eight inches from its like highest point, and you're you're booking like you're going zero to sixty in three seconds. So you're you're pretty much like Tesla area, you know, high speed. Um, and they've got they've done all kinds of stuff with the suspension because you know frankly most pickup drivers are mostly just driving around a pickup on the street. Yeah, um, they think they have off road aspirations, right? So, <laughs> but this thing is crazy on the street too, and nice. it's also very roomy, and it's got tons of like little little uh, Easter eggs. Like there's a Bluetooth speaker that's also a lantern that just builds in. There's a flashlight in the uh, doorway that's you know like always charged. Um, it's like the it perfect has, camping vehicle, isn't it? Yeah, it's they they really market it well toward um, you know the adventure lifestyle. Yeah, and Does it I mean have they got me. It looks like it has a tent. The There's a tent option um, <laughs> as well, and it can go on the roof or on the bed. And uh, I mean, it, it has everything: you snowboard, skis, like bikes. You can put anything on there. Um, it's just it's just so cool, like. There's just so many possibilities. Of course, am I going to do all that stuff? Probably not. Like, you know, so there's also an SUV version of it called the R1S, and that's supposed to start production in January. And I was like, oh, you know, it's got a third row. It doesn't have the uh, cook, you know, the the kitchen in it, but it's got a third row. So (laughs) my kids and my dog and everybody could be, you know, in there and we could take it to Vermont. So you could have a family or a kitchen, but not both. Right. In your review, so, you were really excited about the battery recovery that it does. Can you tell us what's about that? that? You mean the regen? The, yeah. So you're going downhill and you get some yeah, of your battery back, right? Oh, yeah. So so we climbed a mountain and we're at the top of the mountain and I look at the, the range I have and then we go down the mountain and I've got a lot more range, like, you know, 30 or 40 miles more range. And it's like, like, you know, I mean, I know what regen is. I don't usually go up mountains in my vehicles, but um, in this particular case, like I regen like a whole like commute just going down the hill. And, you know, this was not like a street. It was like going down a you know rocky pass. So I thought it was cool. That's one of the great things about electric vehicles is uh, instead of braking, you can actually put more power back into the uh, 
battery. This would be the first、uh, vehicle I ever bought because it has a great kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like, have a great kitchen. This is awesome. It's、I、a want, really well done one, too. Like, it's not just, you know, I want、uh, this you know, Coleman or something. No. This would be, the, cool. this would be, this would be better than an RV. You put the tent on top, you go anywhere. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. It's nice. Now, how does this compete with the F 150, the new electric F 150? Because that's. So I, that's I also the, drove in that one. Yeah. The, the, the F 150 is huge and fast.、Um, it reminds me of like a work truck, you know, like a. Well, it, in fact, it's really interesting to see how Rivian's positioned itself against the Lightning, which is, you know, we're the one for people, recreational. Purposes and the、yep. F 150, you know, it's got power for your tools. It's, it's you know, it's the, one of the ads shows the house, the lights going off in the house. So you plug the house into the truck and the truck powers the house. It's a different、yeah. market, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's wide open right now. So these, these companies are Yeah, we don't know what's going to. Yeah. What's, I mean, who knew that an electric kitchen would be <laughs> something possible? <laughs> That's. It's true. Wow. How much is the Rivian? So they started at like $70,000.、Okay. Um, they're expensive. And that's, af- yeah, they're quite expensive. And that's with some stuff and after、um, the federal tax credit.、Um, I think, you know, the, the official starting price is $67,000 and then $7,500 you get off from the taxes. So the truck you can get actually for around $60,000, the R1T. Um, after tax credit. So that's kind of their, you know, their advertising point. But, But the kitchen's you, you, only an additional $5,000. So $5,000, yeah. That's a pretty so, good deal. Yeah.、Uh, <laughs> I could just see my, I am not a camper.、Uh, but man, if they just put a bathroom in this thing, I'd be set. There's the great outdoors. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a bathroom. That's where you're going, nature's bathroom. Right. Uh, Rivian R1T, and you said the R1S is the SUV. And when, when are they going to be out? Can you, you can pre order、so、them? They,、yeah. they just started coming off the line. I think、oh, the、wow. first few deliveries are happening now. Wow. And then the R1S, which is the SUV, starts、uh, manufacturing at the very end of this year, and deliveries will start in January. I am, very, I am actually very excited. I think electric vehicles are taking off. And I, th- and I will say thank you to Elon and thank you to Tesla because without. Uh, Elon's kind of taking a big gamble with Tesla. I don't know if electric vehicles would be as far down the line as they are today, but you no longer, even though I think people still,、uh, Tesla's still the best seller, you no longer have to buy a Tesla if you want to like, buy a nice electric vehicle. And that's rapidly changing. There's some great electric vehicles out there. That's true. Yeah. Tesla has、uh, turned on their full self driving、uh, beta. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got a button, big button on the screen. Should you push it? So, the button was actually not the button that everybody was hoping for. So, I'm a, I'm a full self driving on one of my, so I have two Teslas. One of my Teslas is, a, you know, I paid the extra, I think it was like $7,000. It's really、time. expensive, yeah. Really expensive, and that was a while ago. And we're kind of like, hey, Elon, you've been pr- promising self driving since like 2017. You basically just paid for the right to pay more for full self driving. Basically. Well, I don't know if I have to pay more, but I have paid I think you a have lot a mo- already. I think there's a monthly fee for it. No, that, so that's a separate thing. They、oh. have a separate, separate uh, um, plan. Where,、oh, okay. and that, but that, that's a little bit annoying because if you pay for the separate plan, you can pay right now and they will put you in the beta right now. 
So, oh. hey, you know, I did this like seven years ago. Like, why? Or, you know, three years ago. <laughs> I why, am proud of myself. When I bought my Model X, I saw that. I think then it was only 5000 And I said, you know, I'm going to not buy that. Smart move. <laughs> yeah. I did buy the bioweapon defense mode. So I'm not completely well, nice. intelligent. But actually, it turned out with all the fires up here, it was very nice. Uh, yeah, that's that's a funny way to say like HEPA a big filter. filter. Yeah, yeah, HEPA filter, yeah. Bioweapon defense mode. Elon's a, if nothing if not a very smart, savvy marketer. The big issue with full self-driving is, is it safe? And if, I mean, obviously you as the, as the purchaser are in the beta, but let's not forget all the people <laughs> around you right. as you drive down the road. They're also unwittingly in the beta of the full self-driving, aren't they? Yeah, and Tesla gets around this by saying you're not... You're fully responsible. You're, you're driving. In control. You're driving. So, so it's really not self-driving at all. It's your what you know. You're it's driver assist, watching. right? And I wish they'd call it that. I think it's. I honestly think it's irresponsible to imply that the car is driving itself. Yeah, I think the marketing is a little off there for yeah. sure. Did you, so did you turn it on? Oh, I, I'm not allowed to. Now we're we're doing this uh, score thing. I, I can bring my score up really quickly here but if you oh, have you have score, to earn the right right it, because of your safe driving there's the insurance calculator built into the teslas yeah so we have a safety score i don't know if you can see this. what's your safety score 91 is pretty good it's not bad what do you have to have well so elon's made it so that um you, he basically will give the highest thousand people access every week so like <laughs> you know the people who have 99s <laughs> They're getting it this week. And, and then how do you next get week, it? How do you, how, so what are you doing wrong that you're only 91? How do you get a 99? All right. Let's take a look here. Uh, forward collision warning. So I have a thing in my oh, driveway. If, where it, if it beeps at you because uh, you're about to run into something, that would right, be. Right. But Tesla's the autopilot thinks that this rock and, and uh, tree <laughs> is is a car. So every time I pull out of my driveway, beep, 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 it beeps. Beep. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. Hard braking, which like, hey, you know, like hard braking, is this something you should do? I right. Had to stop. Yeah. And and then unsafe following. I'm at 19 percent. I don't oh, know. Oh, dude, you, you are one of those guys. You like to drive right up on the butt of the car in front. Of, don't do that. I hate it when people do that. I don't think I do that. 20 <laughs> percent of the time, buddy. Elon knows. Also, this is on my wife's car, so the one, the one oh, that my she's wife doing. drives. Yeah, maybe she's doing. Well, it. I, I'm I'm blaming her, but it's really me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And did uh, Elon kind of pivot on that? Weren't they just going to give it to everybody and then demand was? Oh so yeah. High? He decided, I mean, yeah. So so this is Tesla in a nutshell. <laughs> Announce something amazing and a time frame that seems unbelievable. Yeah. Then <laughs> every week, just start walking that back, walk it back, walk yeah. it back, walk yeah. it back, and then the features come off. Yeah, you know, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Oh, it's not going to have 500 miles of range. Oh, it's not, you know, like it all just comes back really slowly. And then you get a pretty good thing, you know, a couple years late. Didn't he say that by 2018 that Tesla owners would be able to let other people drive their cars as a cab? They would just and you just push a button and it would go robo taxi would go to the people and they could get in. That was going to be like two years ago. That was going to happen. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know why people believe anything he says anymore. It's it's really quite frustrating. And yet, I mean, I want to give him well. credit. SpaceX is amazing. Again, yeah. we wouldn't have electric vehicles at the level we have without Elon. What the hell's going on there? What's your sense of that? I don't know. Uh I think Benedict Evans said uh something that 
nobody knows how to deal with like this particular situation because you know Elon is a liar that delivers somehow <laughs> delivers. Uh, and uh, he says the actual quote, and I have the tweet here: Elon Musk is a who delivers. Uh, this breaks okay. a lot of. What, you, I, well, I'm going to give you dispensation this once. To use. How did you pull that up so quick? By the way, I'm I'm good. I'm a master of wow. foo. This breaks a lot of people's pattern matching in both directions. Yeah, that's right, Benedict. That's exactly right. That's a astute. Yeah, the, one of those likes is me. <laughs> one of the five thousand four hundred eighteen likes. Right. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a, that's you know Evans is actually very insightful. We quote him a lot on Mac Break Weekly because he's a, he's a smart guy. Yeah. He's amazing. If you guys aren't, if everyone listening isn't subscribed to his newsletter, you should be. Hey, uh, Jason, let's try to get him on a twit. I don't know if we've tried before, but let's try to get him on it. He'd be fun to have him on. Do you drive a Tesla, Denise? I feel like you might. Do you? No, I drive a Ford uh, from way back when um, Ford was such a... A strong sponsor here at Twit. <laughs> yeah, I uh, bought a Mustang I, back in those days. Yeah, yeah, I I bought an Explorer then, and then yeah. I I have Thank thought you. about. You're so sweet. Uh, Thank you. Oh well, I mean, it, back at that time, Ford was the only person really doing telematics, right? That's right. And and I liked them, and it's I wanted sad, my car to have that. Yes. The original Sync was did. fantastic, and then Ford screwed mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, they actually Number ruined Sync. it. Yeah, yeah. So I still drive a Ford, but I am um, I'm on my second Explorer now. We we went hundred thousand miles on the first one nice. and then traded it in. Uh, so I am I have not yet taken the electric vehicle plunge yet, except for my bike. We ended up putting in plugs on both sides of the garage because we have now three <laughs> electric vehicles. Fortunately, one of them's charging outside because we don't want any fires. But. Uh, <laughs> What a story that is! How about how about uh, how about you, Nicholas? Are you are you uh, on the EV train or? Uh, I have a very old Honda Civic. I'm not so much of a car guy. You I don't go really, anywhere. I we played a lot this. of Gran Turismo. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You don't leave I the house say, much. That's about it. What do you need? No. What do you need a car? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that really look neat, though. I will, I will they say are, that they yeah. are neat. That I'm kitchen. A, I'm a fan. Love that kitchen. A kitchen. You have a kitchen in your truck. What a what, incredible. Incredible. Uh, let us uh, talk about Theranos. The tr- I called it the trial of the century. Is it playing out that way, uh, Denise? No, I mean it. It definitely has a lot of ups and downs and drama and gotchas. So if that's what people are looking for in a trial, it's it doesn't disappoint there. Uh, I think um, I, people were asking me in IRC. Do I? What do I think is going to happen? Um, and it's hard to ballpark a criminal trial to be sure because that beyond a reasonable doubt standard is so high. I mean, they really have to, a long way to go to get there. And the defense but, is making a strong case that she was an entrepreneur. She was trying to create something of real value and it didn't work. Failure happens in Silicon Valley. Not her right. fault. Right. Failure happens, but fraud doesn't have to accompany your failure. And I think that you know, there's a lot of evidence of not nice things that went on there. So I, I'm 
hoping that the po- prosecutors do their job and and make sure all of that comes out. And we'll see. Yeah, the, the the Verge says that uh, the defense's strategy to put this trial off as long as possible. Of course, it was delayed because of COVID, and very. And I think she was sick, and there was various issues. Um, has paid off because it's now seven years ago, and a lot of the witnesses can quite credibly say, I don't know, I don't remember, that was a long time ago. Unfortunately, in discovery, unfortunately for the defense, there are still a lot of emails and documents, and some of them are are smoking guns. Uh, One lab director said that uh, they tried very hard to keep inspectors from going into certain rooms. There were emails saying, make sure that door is closed so they don't go in there. Um, It did look as if executives knew that they had problems with some of the machines and were attempting to not be discovered, which I think would be evidence of fraud, I guess. Um, there's also the defense that uh, because they were the defense was able to separate the trials, uh, Elizabeth Holmes is getting tried right now. Sonny Balwani, her partner, will be tried next year. That because those have been separated, each party is capable of saying the other did it. <laughs> And since they're separate trials, it doesn't hurt either party. They could both get acquitted by blaming the other person. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a fascinating story. I guess the the real reason it, it's it's important is if if a company and Silicon Valley, I think, does do this, uh, sacrificed safety uh, or even human lives to pursue a goal. That's bad, and we want to stop them. And I don't think Theranos is the only company that ever did that. And mm-hmm. uh, so we, we kind of need to we need to keep keep an eye on this kind of thing. Well, we we just talked about how uh, Tesla has has or you know Elon Musk has embellished quite a bit. Do you think that Theranos, if they were successful, and obviously they they were not even close to being successful, would have you know would there have been any trials or? Oh, that's interesting. There may still be trials. Aren't, isn't the national, isn't NHTSA, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, investigating full self-driving right now? There's a lot of trials. Like we could, <laughs> we could, we could do a trial like every every day, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, yes, there yeah. are a lot of trials, but they're not. I don't think they're criminal trials for you know right. Elon or right. any of the head people, right? Uh, let's see. What else should we talk about? There's so many, so many stories every week, and we only get to do a handful of them. Do you, do you want to nominate anything, Nicholas? You reviewed the iPhone 13. I decided this year to abstain. I heard, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, and to be clear, I didn't review the iPhone. Consumer Reports, uh, we're, we should be getting the data back this week. Uh, I think that's uh, the case. Uh, we, we, previewed, we previewed it. Uh, we actually got a loaner unit from Apple just to kind of give our Ooh. early impressions. Yes, Cons- yeah. Consumer Reports usually buys their products. Well, yeah. no. Let me let me let me be clear. Uh, we for the for this preview that was published, you know, uh, last, or two weeks ago, or whatever it was, that was based on a loaner provided by Apple. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't right have there. been able to do it in a timely yeah. fashion. Yeah. The official and that none of that information. 
That is basically irrelevant when it comes to the actual Consumer Reports rating. Okay. My my uh, my uh, participation in the rating system is uh, it doesn't exist. I don't I don't have a role there. Uh, so we purchased uh, about a million phones, uh, maybe eight, I think, actually, the day it came out. It just feels like a million if you have to sign that check. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> somebody who uh, thankfully, does. I, I don't. Uh, but yeah, so we purchased, I think it was eight, if I'm not mistaken, eight, eight units. Uh, those are being tested. Those tests should be wrapped up this week. So how does that uh, work? Who is the, who are the testers? If you're not the tester, yeah, who's we testing? have an entire department, uh, yeah, and I don't even a department with with managers and, and people. So it it is other, and they're specially uh, trained for this yeah. kind of thing. And I yeah, presume yeah, yeah. you have protocols like we measure antenna yes. power, and, and we have a specific way of measuring battery. So it's consistent yes. across all devices. That yes, kind of yeah, thing. we have uh, in in uh, our offices. You know, we have the whole. It's like a the also Mythbusters, where they were like a lab. It's like it's literally a lab where they neat. run these tests, these oh, photo I'd love tests, to see that battery tests. That that's in New York neat, State, actually. right? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so that that's like the testing, and that data is that's that is a CR review, the rating, you know, whatever the rating comes out. It's a ten out of ten, you know, I, whatever it is. Uh, but that comes from that department, and it's my job to sort of take that data. And turn it into, you know, a story that, like, my dad will read, you know, in addition right. to seeing the raw numbers, he'll get some content. Because I'll talk to the to the testers, I'll talk to their bosses to get a sense of, like, all right, what, you know. Because looking at, you know, my sort of preview that we published, it was like, all right, you know, Apple always says, it's the best iPhone ever. And it's like, well, yeah, of course. And it, it would be weird if it, were, if it like, one year was like, oh, oh this one's not as good. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Uh, uh, what's interesting is the scores, and you guys have a methodology that delivers a score from 0 to 100, the scores have actually been going down for the iPhone. Is that because the competition is getting better or because, in your opinion, the iPhone's not quite as good as it used to be? The score, the the kind of rubric is is tweaked with competition and like as our own methodology is like okay, you know, uh, consumers are really they really care about cameras, so maybe we should weight uh, cameras a little bit more. So it's than conceivable the phone could be better, but the score could be lower. Uh, theoretically, sure, yeah, yeah. Well, it is. I'm looking. iPhone 10 was 87. That was the highest score yeah. iPhone has achieved. The uh, if you go to the 12, it's 78. All yeah. recommended, though I note. Yeah, recommended is the big kind of the as long as it's recommended, it's it's you know what what's the daylight between a seventy five and a seventy eight? Yeah, you right. know, it's very very similar. Yeah. But if it gets yeah. to see a recommendation, that's uh, so, that's kind of a so that's you good. probably can't tell me how the thirteen is going to do. I have no idea. I literally have no. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's not my department. I couldn't even. <laughs> I I know who might know, uh, but I definitely do not know. I think I think it's a good phone. I think it's you know one of the things I was kind of you know if you if you have a recent iPhone, you have if you have a twelve, should you get to, probably not. I don't know. I mean, you didn't. No, uh, I, and you know, I feel coming, I feel no FOMO. My wife got yeah. the thirteen. And yeah. and by the way, she's been singing its praises. She said this sure. camera is amazing. She said the it battery is. life yeah. is so much better. She had yes. lots of reliability issues with her twelve. I haven't had those with my twelve, but she had with hers. She said I haven't had one problem with the thirteen. She's very happy. But yeah. I also notice, you know, I have the twelve. She's got the thirteen. And I don't think there's much difference. It it feels like in a, in a, you know previous years this would have been an S upgrade you know maybe the the twelve S or something but it's definitely a very good phone the camera is awesome you know I, I do like the macro mode the se- uh, the macro is cool and seventy seven millimeter effective on the telephoto is now yeah. getting to the point where it's really a good portrait 
lens. You don't have to get yeah. set right in somebody's face to take a very yeah. nice portrait. Um, so, you know, I, she's taken some pretty nice pictures. I don't consider my phone my, like, I don't think that's got to be my best camera. So I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know where I think. I kind of feel like I feel like phones are almost like fully baked. It's like okay, next year's yeah, camera will be problem, even better. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I guess. I mean, I'm yeah. pretty happy now. Maybe I don't know what I don't know type of situation. Uh, but if we were to like freeze them in time right now, I think I would be pretty satisfied. And so imagine me saying that. Imagine if you're Apple. Now you have to come out with uh, you know the 14 next year and get people interested again. Uh, it's quite a challenge. Yeah, we talk about that on MacBreak Weekly, and I think the consensus was you you just have to put out a new phone every year. It's just like a car. It's the same thing with cars, right? I think so, yeah. You're not going to see a big improvement in an automotive uh, because it's done. It's cooked. It's baked. So, yeah. But you still have to put out a new model year, and the people who are going to be interested are the people who have a three-, four-, five-year-old phone. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And that's, you know, I, I referenced my brother in that article. He had a 6S uh, what was that? Yeah, from 20, time to upgrade. So he was, yeah, he was like, I need, and he actually ended up getting the 12 because he was like, well, the 12 is so similar to the 13. I could just save the $100. There you go. And, you know, he's, he's 25. He doesn't make, you know, a, a ton of money quite yet. So I was like, I'll just save the 100 bucks. Smart kid. And, and he's happy as a happy as a clam with the new 12. Yeah. So, yeah. I think most normal people don't really see that much difference, really. We do as reviewers. Now, battery life's a big one. And that's something sure. Apple for a long time was going the wrong direction. And they, I think this was Johnny yes. Ive. They wanted it thinner. Yeah. They wanted it prettier. Uh, and finally, they're going in the opposite direction where they're actually, in the last couple of years, battery life's been getting better and better. I never had yeah. a problem I, with the Pro Max. I think they got you know, thin enough. Whatever that that metric is thin enough we hit that some time ago and now we'll get thinner because it's the it's the thinnest ever but at the cost of battery they life, didn't I say the thinnest it, ever did they they didn't say that this no year. not this time nor did they consumers say the fast they didn't say it's faster than the old iphone they said it's yeah. faster than the competition which i thought was kind of telling but to me, it was like you know, this is these are great phones, obviously, you know, and a lot of our readers are very mainstream. You know, what are they doing? They're they're FaceTiming, they're sending right. text messages, maybe they're listening to, you know, podcasts or whatever. Uh, this is this you know a phone you know a decade ago, maybe not a decade ago, but you know a phone a few years ago you would have been fine. So it's like yeah, there has to be a new model every year, but. Uh, this is pretty good, and I think you'll be satisfied if you're coming from something you know a couple a couple years older. Yeah. I really thought I have a question Go ahead. about the camera um, because they keep improving the camera. And as Leo said, you know, there's some people who, if they're really in it for the photography, they're not going to use their phone anyway. They're going to use a yeah. DSLR or maybe That's a right. conventional yeah. film camera. Right. That's right. Um, but th for lots of people, I feel like they'd love to have that kind of quality on their phone. Is that possible? Sure. Uh, they're very you know, close. I, I think, they're really yeah, close very now. Close. Yeah. And if people are just sharing photos to like Instagram or like like texting it to their friends or whatever, it's like this is a great photo. You know, the average person is probably not going to lug around a DSLR to like go to the Bronx Zoo anymore. Like I, they'll have their they have their iPhone and take a bunch of photos. Uh, but I don't know that the the average person is really going to go out and buy a camera the way they did, you know, maybe 30 years ago. Sure, those enthusiasts and professionals and like uh, semi-professionals and prosumers. Yeah, of course, they'll always look at the SLR. But like for our audience necessarily where it's kind of moms and dads and and things like that it's like uh the the phone is the camera so lisa uh i'll t show you a couple of pictures she, she took a panorama uh last night uh, uh she did uh this is an evening portrait i think she's been very happy with it we were at a, yeah. a concert on wednesday 
uh, fairly distance, she was able to zoom in. You can see it's a little soft because she zoomed in, but uh, mm -hmm. she was able to get a, a pretty good shot that she's very, very happy with. And um, so I think, yeah, I think there's, I think what peop, normal people want, Denise, is just something in their pocket they could take a picture they'd be happy with. Yeah. And they can share it on Instagram or Facebook and they go, see, I'm happy with yeah. that. I, I think increasingly young people aren't what you and I would think of as normal people. That there's, well, I'll that, say that know, again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they ca cameras matter to them because of the social media platforms that they use. And they, and because the standard of quality has gotten, you know, unattainable, if not just pretty darn high on those platforms. So they want a really good camera to, to help yeah. them out. I've been and, really and curious I don't know if you, how much Apple's influenced by that particular market segment. Like yeah. we are making a camera for Instagrammers and influencers and TikTokers. It mm -hmm. seems to be that's the case. The cinematic mode that they're touting I in the like video it, yeah. is not for filmmakers. It's And it's not for mom and dad taking pictures of baby's first step. It's for TikTokers. Right. I think. Do you know there's a huge market now? We have a used camera store not far from where I live. And I have the feeling those people just can't keep their stuff in stock. The oh, old that's interesting. SLRs, the f actual 35 you think millimeter that's kids film, buying those? film cameras with the lenses, 100%. Yes, it's kids buying those. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I hope that's the case. Yeah. There are hipsters out there. There are kids who are buying vinyl albums. <laughs> mm, this is a little different, I think. <laughs> this is real. This is something you can actually use and, and do something with. Yeah, it's a quality thing. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up. There's there's a watch site. Uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, Hodinkee is a watch site. Kevin they Rose a is a good watch. friend. He introduced me to oh, watches. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, I w I'm so, so glad a, I don't have the money to buy this stuff. Edition <laughs> <laughs> Oris I'm announced, uh, I don't TikTok know, a month ago or whatever. Morris. Sorry. Uh, and the photos in that shoot were, were film. I, I know some folks at the oh, site, and they confirmed to me they shot on film, and oh. the video sections were shot on Super 8. Uh, so if anyone in the listening audience uh, remembers that. Super. Uh, see, they're hipsters. That's totally about yeah. being a hipster. Maybe. There's no reason nice. to shoot super, super nice. 8 video. Your iPhone is yeah. 10 times better than Super 8. Right. Right? The other, the other thing there's a market for, and I can't imagine how many of these you've discarded over the years, Leo, is is the old... Um, Instamatics? Uh, no, the, the video cameras that had a cassette tape in them. They were digital, <laughs> yes. but they recorded to cassette. Yes, they uh, high eight, this. they were called. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and uh, yeah, DV Pro. And yeah, that's what we shot at Tech TV. That's what we shot with. Uh, yep. Here we're using these cameras. What do these cameras take? SD cards, right? These are old Vixie, Canon Vixias, yeah. So my son, who's a TikToker, um, I asked him, well, why don't you just use the iPhone? He says, no, man, I got to use the Canon 5D Mark I. And uh, <laughs> he uses the iPhone for like, that's his second unit camera because mm -hmm. he does cooking stuff. So that's his, that's his second unit. That's cool. Yeah. I am so addicted to Henry's TikTok. It's you? so good. Oh, oh I, love I will it. tell him. He'll be so happy. He's I love doing, it. He's I, I have gone. foodie friends that I have turned on Thank to as you. well. He's kind of taken off 657,000 followers. Wow. His last, uh, that video I just showed the duck, the, or the lamb burger, 26 million views. So he's, I think yeah. he's doing something right. I did notice something with TikTok. So he has uh, an advertiser, uh, which is a, a, a spice uh, thing called Danos. A lot of people on uh, TikTok are, you know, advertising. See, there he is. He's holding it. TikTok 
I think, as soon as you have product placement, because it's not a big, long ad or anything. He just holds it up, completely punishes you. So he went from 18 million, 18 million to half a million. Oh, 26 wow. million, 3.7 million to three quarters of a million. They punish you if you have product wow. placement in there. And I think that that's something. So this is this was his first ad. And it's good. I mean, it's delicious. I mean, maybe it's because he's putting French fries in a, I don't know what, pita? I don't know. But he's, he's making, he's hand making his own shawarma, I guess. And there's yeah. the Danos. That's it. Just a little sprinkle. He says it's good. That's all. That's the ad. But all of a sudden, views went way down. Huh. They bounced so back. They're not compensating him out of the creator creator fund. He gets or... a little money. Creator fund does not make you a ton of money. He gets a no. few hundred bucks from that. Uh, they Dan... haven't offered him an NFT yet, huh? No. <laughs> but but one of the things you can do, and TikTok says, well, we don't mind if you do this. You can sell ads in your TikToks. And uh -huh. he's very doing it very judiciously. This is an ad-supported TikTok. Uh, he get I don't want to say the amount of money, but it's you know it's some it's some decent money and a percentage of sales. Um, and it's enough to live on, let's put it that way. But if TikTok suddenly hits your views, you know, yeah. by 90% because you've got product placement, ooh, that's yeah. not so good. And they're not rewarding that's you any other way because the ads they show are, in, are not in your video. They're not like YouTube. They're in between, as you know, as you slide through TikToks. So I think they're, what they're really doing, they don't, they don't really want you to make money on your own. And they'll give mm -hmm. you, they have a $100 million creator fund. They'll give you a, a pittance from the ad money that they make that's all theirs. So, but you know what? He's very happy. He's enjoying it. And he's. It's probably going to be a springboard for him to something else. Yeah, when you get 26 million it. views on a video, yeah. I figure somebody's, I don't know. Yeah. Somebody's going to do something. By the way, it is just torture for you to show that to us. Oh, I know. I do that on purpose. <laughs> Look at this. This is his apple. This is his uh, uh, apple or peach, cob peach okay. cobbler. Yeah. It's really. Oh. Oh. Does he cook for you or does he just no, do it on No, you know what channel? really makes me mad? <laughs> He's a mile away. He could bring a little of this over. That's no, hilarious. I never get any of it. Oh. Any of it. Okay, I would I would it's have words mean. about that. Mean. I gave him a, a Traeger grill for his birthday because he wanted to start doing smoking videos. He better bring me some brisket. That's all I can say. He better bring me some brisket. All right, we're going to take, take a little break. Uh, I'm sorry. That is as mean to show those videos. They, they make you so hungry. And if you want to follow him, if you want to be hungry, this is not a good TikTok to follow for if you're on a diet. Salt underscore Hank. It's also a terrible name, but salt underscore Hank. Kids today, I swear. I swear. Hey, I want to talk about a, uh, you know, notice it's interesting. We have a lot of security products we advertise these days on our network. I wonder why that is. You know, ransomware attack after ransomware attack. Businesses held hostage. You've seen the headlines. It's every, you know, every security now is what we're talking about. And I think if you're in business, you might think it's only a matter of time before they come for you. And you're going to have to make that the most difficult business decision ever, the Sophie's Choice of Business. Do you pay millions of dollars to ransomware jerks or do you lose everything? That's a terrible choice to have to make. There is a third option, but you have to act now. Defeat your adversaries before the fight even starts. We have this, this company has done something I think is brilliant. It's crowd. It's the wisdom of the crowd. Crowdsourced security with CrowdStrike. With CrowdStrike, you're not alone in the battle against ransomware. 
Because really, if you want to be secure, a secure future demands a shared defense. So CrowdStrike, they call it their Falcon platform. It uses their threat graph power by uh, using advanced AI to analyze behavior, not just on your devices and servers and cloud workloads, but on everybody else who uses CrowdStrike. They have a trillion, with a T, data points a day, seven trillion data points a week. This is the early warning system for malware because so many people use CrowdStrike and you're all we're all in it together they know ahead of time long before the bad guys get to you they know what's going on and they can defend you their security platform delivers the industry's most powerful set of tools to fight today's most sophisticated cyber attacks and you know what's nice even though they've got a trillion data points it's a lightweight, intelligent agent delivered to you through the cloud. It's easy on you, easy on your network, but it works. Falcon Complete, according to Forrester, delivers a 403% return on investment. That's pretty good. Plus 100% confidence. I had a great conversation with their CTO, who's done an amazing job putting this together. Michael Santonis is his name. He explained this how this threat graph system is a collaborative platform it's the crowd in uh, in crowdstrike and that's the concept you know the, the original vi vision was to build the fundamentals it was to bring in all of those signals that telemetry and the more data we get the more information that we have we can use that to protect all of our customers in real time seven trillion data points a week it's incredible crowdstrike harnesses the power of every click every action every ally to grow stronger and stop cyber threats before they can stop you. It's practically a living, breathing mechanism because this is all changing so fast you need to change at the same speed. Falcon Complete stops breaches every hour of every day through the expert management, through threat hunting, through monitoring, remediation. And they put their money where their mouth is. CrowdStrike's breach prevention warranty guarantees up to $1 million in the event of a breach. If you're a Falcon Complete managed customer, terms and conditions apply. $1 million in the event of a breach. Gartner Magic Quadrant named CrowdStrike a leader for endpoint protection platform for 2021. It really works. Join the fight. Experience the power of Falcon Platform. You can try it free right now. CrowdStrike.com slash twit. CrowdStrike.com slash twit. CrowdStrike. Because what we've built together is worth defending together. Use the power of the crowd. CrowdStrike.com slash twit. We thank him so much. For doing the work they're doing, which is really important, and for supporting This Week in Tech. And we thank you for doing uh, the same by going to that special address. That way they know you heard it here. Crowdstrike.com slash Twitter. We were talking about Facebook's responsibility. Uh, YouTube's taken some steps to be responsible. They have banned prominent anti-vaccine activists. They are now blocking all anti-vaccine content. You know, in my world, that doesn't seem like a very controversial decision, but obviously in the real world, it is. Joseph Merkula and Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, both both banned, blocked on YouTube. Good thing? Anybody want to say anything for free speech or anything like that? You don't well, have... I definitely I'll say something about free speech that YouTube doing this does not implicate the First Amendment. I like to underscore that whenever. Thank yes, you. yes. <laughs> that it is a private company, not the government acting. However, I do feel like it is acting in response to something the government has said, specifically our Surgeon General. So um, I think there's a connection there, but it's it's not 
censoring speech for First Amendment purposes because it's a private actor here. Yeah. Um, and when you look at, you know, what YouTube has said about what they're doing, they're going to allow people to continue to have scientific conversations about vaccines. They're going to allow people to continue to post their own personal anecdotes. Oh, my kid had a terrible reaction. Oh, that's interesting. So they're not going to stop that. They're not. No. But if, if something is, you know, the devil's in the details, right? Like, would you want to be on the team who had to decide whether this was a scientific conversation going on or this was actively misinformation? I think that's, that's probably a hard line to draw, but um, they're trying to draw that line. Yeah. Uh, Twitch is doing something similar. They're, apparently harassment has become a problem on the uh, Let's Play platform. I, You know, I play my game Valheim from time to time in front of a, an audience on uh, Twitch.tv. It's, it's fun. But there are groups of people, particularly two people in uh, who have been going around kind of um, uh, attacking platforms uh targeted harassment after an upswell in targeted harassment on the streaming platform twitch this is from polygon an organized boycott on the website on the part of users in a lawsuit to pursue two alleged harassers twitch has announced new steps is taking to protect users against targeted harassment including a new feature phone verified chat I'm not sure I like this, but it's an interesting attempt. You know, I like seeing everybody trying different ways to stop this. You you can set as a streamer, you can say that some or all of your users have to verify their phone number before chatting. It's kind of a midway towards no an, uh, anonymity. Um, that rolled out this week. Right. If we're going to talk about that, can we talk about the China video game yeah. kids yeah. ban, which also uses phone verification? Yeah. You cannot yeah. get online in China uh, anonymously. They know your age, and China has decided to use this to prevent kids under 18 from playing more than three hours of video games a week. This despite the fact that one of the most vibrant areas of the Chinese economy is <laughs> video games, free-to-play video games on mobile I have seen some say that Chinese kids are not stupid and they are finding ways to get around this ban, including using their parents' account. <laughs> yeah, of course they are. I mean, I, I, I have to thank China for this, for their unsolicited donation to the Congressional Tech Education Fund, right? Because this is the kind of thing that our Congress people like to talk about, think about, and consider. And China's doing a beta. For them to watch and see exactly what happened. Last week, I got some real stink eye from our panel on Twit when I said China's doing the right. China seems to be doing all the things we ought to be doing to control its out of control big tech sector. And they all looked at me funny. It's a lot easier when you're a totalitarian uh, nation. Um, And I have to say, if we try, can you imagine the uproar if we said many parents tried? No more than three hours of video games a week. That might just go down a little bit hard. Not only did my mother try when I was young, <laughs> she succeeded. Oh, boy, did she. I uh, was not allowed to play video games at all uh, through the week. Wow. Even though was, I was super into them. No, and I respected that rule. Uh, we were allowed to play Fridays after we finished our homework. 
Saturdays we could play all day. Saturday was was you know oh, yeah. free, a free free one, uh, and Sunday until six p.m. until I left for college. Wow. Uh, and I remember when I got to college and I was able to play games, you know, whenever I wanted. I definitely felt deeply guilty, uh, and I'm not exaggerating whatsoever. Uh, so, so you're you know, good, obviously you're good there's a difference it. between you think there, that was a good difference thing. between a totalitarian government telling you to do that and yeah. your parents. You know, sure, but like, uh, you know, semi joking. It's like. I lived. It was fine. It was not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I get when people are saying governments are doing it. But yeah, uh, she did it and she succeeded. And to this day, I'm like, are you grateful? I don't like playing during the week. It feels it feels weird. That's awesome. I, don't know. I am. Ent- I am eternally grateful. She actually. trained you yes. well. Yes, she did. Meanwhile, I played Valheim almost all day yesterday, and I've got. I'm sore. My back hurts. <laughs> it's not a good habit. It's a lot of fun. Uh, teenagers. Xinhua News Agency in China. Teenagers are the future of our motherland. Protecting the physical and mental health of minors is related to the people's vital interests and relates to the cultivation of the younger generation in the era of national rejuvenation. I can't disagree. Can't disagree. But the, one of the reasons they can do this is because you're not allowed to use the Internet without registering. They know exactly who you are at all times on the Internet. That has other impacts that may be a little less uh, okay. Chinese My favorite game- part of that article was the apparently various members of the Chinese public complained because it appeared that um, there was someone who had to be a kid. They were Oh, he was too good. Well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he was 60 years old. And the, <laughs> the video game company came back and said he has passed Thirty different facial. Yeah, we checked. He's a kid. He's a, he's, a, he's an adult. They said there's no way. I think he was like in his sixties, right? There's no way this years old. This guy yeah. in his sixties could be playing this well. It must be a teenager using his parents' account. <laughs> no, yeah. we're either nope. either there's a major flaw in their verification system, or this this is a this is a, a, a an older person playing. Sixty two percent of Chinese minors play games online. Thirteen often. 13.2% of underage mobile users, mobile game users play mobile games for more than two hours a day on working days, according to state media. This is a big business. Chinese game market estimated $45.6 billion of revenue in 2021, and that's ahead of the United States. Right. And back to my point about educating our lawmakers, one of the things that China did was ban consoles. So what happened to the Chinese gaming industry? It, it went all mobile. went to the phone. Yeah. yeah. So compare that to the biggest video game company in the United States. Who do you think that is? Apple. Apple. They make from video games eight and a half billion dollars. That's almost a third of what the entire Chinese economy <laughs> makes. They make more money than Sony, Microsoft uh, put together. And they, of course, they don't make any games. They just sell them on the App Store. And that gives you some idea of how important the App Store is to to Apple's uh, revenue, to the Apple's bottom line. Uh, Apple might actually be uh, hit a little bit by this new these new rules in China. Globally, customers spent a total of $45 billion on mobile games through the App Store in 2020. Now, remember, That's Apple only staggering. gets a third of that. But $45 billion. A third of that was spent in China, only 26% in the U.S. 
Apple's cut an estimated $13.5 billion. That's 5% of their overall sales for the year. Big, big portion of their revenue. Nice to be the gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Ben Thompson's been talking an awful lot about, is the, is the best position to be in these days is, uh, is the gatekeeper, the, 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 the choke point between yeah. people and the content they want to consume. And it all has to go through Apple. From an antitrust standpoint, it's not great for Apple. It puts them in the crosshairs. Yeah. They, According to the Wall yeah. Street Journal, Apple made more money, more profit from games than Microsoft's Xbox, Nintendo, Blizzard, and Sony's PlayStation combined in 2019. <laughs> combined. That's really amazing. Who's the big game game company in America? Eh, turns out to be uh, it's Apple. It's Apple. Uh, speaking of games, Amazon finally has a game, a smash hit on its hands. New World finally came out. I've been playing it in beta for some time. Hundreds of thousands of players. It's an online game. So big success for Amazon. Uh, there were problems earlier on uh, in the beta, but I think they've, they've solved all these. On launch day, which was this week, 700,000 concurrent players. 700,000 which is a new record, one of Steam's biggest launches ever. Thursday morning, 450,000 concurrent players. And uh, there are, on top of that, reports of queues of up to 10,000 people waiting to get into the game just to play because you have to be on a server uh, to play. Amazon may have a hit on the order of Fortnite or World of Warcraft. $40 to play it. Don't know how much money Amazon put into it, but they've been developing it for years, so I suspect it's, uh, you know, it's more than a movie. Hundreds of millions of dollars, that's for sure. Facebook is spending... And you like it. Uh, it is Leo it's, it's approved. No, it's no Valheim, but it's fun. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a, for serious gamers, it's, it's probably similar. You know, it's an a open world, you wander around... I don't like all the fiddly bits where you have to skill trees and you got to sign points. You got to say it's too fiddly for me. I just want to whap, whap things and grow onions. That's it. That's all I want to do. Build a house. What did awesome. you? What game didn't? Weren't you allowed to play, Nicholas, when you were when your mom was stopping you? Uh, well, that would have been like Super Nintendo. So anything okay. I was not allowed to play any any Mario. of those until the weekends. Yeah. See, Mario. don't you feel culturally deprived when all of your peers are Mario obsessed? I mean, I was obsessed too. I mean, don't oh, get me okay. wrong. I okay. definitely, you know, I had all the magazines. Can you name all the Pokemon? Uh, I uh, my brother is better at Pokemon. Than I am. <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> I think there is an argument to be made. What did you do, Denise, with your son? There's an argument to be made that this is the culture of the, of that generation. So I played the lawyer card a lot and said, look, here are the terms of service. It says at your age, you're not allowed oh. to play. Look, here is the rating. Rules. It says it's not me. This is what oh. our... Did that know, work? People smarter than me. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't sound... It was, it was, you know, a, a not too t effective finger in the dike, but it, it helped. Seth, do you have kids? Stem yet? a little bit of the flow. Yeah, I've got two kids and they love playing games. Uh, and you don't you don't you don't stop them you don't slow them down. Oh, I have to because otherwise it would just be their whole life. You'd never so, see them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Never see them, and they would just be in it all the time. So um, how do you stop it? How do you? What is the, what are the rules? 
Well, like one of the best ways to stop a kid from playing a game is saying, hey, I want to play that game with you. Oh, that'll stop him right away. Wow. <laughs> right. Um, that's why there are no kids on Facebook. Because that's right. what it's, mom and it's dad It's the same are. thing. Like, yeah. Right. That's like, right. listen to my music too. Same, same idea. Um, <laughs> we, we do what uh, 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 Nick's parents did and, and kind of set some times after your homework. It's hard um, though. Don't you feel like an ogre doing it? Well, if we're consistent and we're not always consistent, but if, when we're consistent, um, they, they just kind accept of, it. Then they accept it, and yeah. they, you know, then you know they're motivated to do their homework. Which theoretically, I mean, this is all theoretical. It like it, it doesn't always work, and we catch them playing games after everybody's supposed to be asleep and all kinds of stuff. So um, we just try. We're trying. You know, the parent parent in the twenty twenties is is interesting. Uh, I know. I think it's super interesting and I think it's valuable as a parent. You can use it as a tool, like you were saying, Seth, to, to motivate other good behavior, like getting your stuff done. But you have to watch it because I, there's an episode of Triangulation where I interviewed the woman who was Fortnite's UI designer. And we talked at length about how they designed the game to make it sticky and make you want to keep playing the game. The little thing, you know, kind of like the um, sound effects that Henry uses in his TikTok, little right. things that just kind of suck you in and go, oh, that was a nice experience. Oh, you know. But it's a conscious oh, that felt manipulation mm-hmm. yeah. to mm-hmm. make those games addic- essentially addictive. Right. Or, or, you know, at least make you want to keep playing. I mean, we're <laughs> not talking Oxycontin to... addictive, but no. nevertheless, mm-hmm. I think they've become very adept at making them sticky that's a nice word right. for addictive so the other but the other benefit as a um parent is giving your kids the tools because their desire to play games doesn't go away as soon as they move out of your house right so they've got to know how to balance their responsibilities and the things they love to do when they aren't pursuing their responsibilities so yeah. you know they have to know how to say okay, I'm only going to play this much because I have other things to do. I think that's an important life skill to get across. Yeah. little break. We're going to finish this up. Kind of some more entertainment news. I like the entertainment news. It's light. It's not, nobody's, nobody's hurt. Nobody's censored. It's kind of fun. So we've got a couple more entertainment stories and we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up with an excellent panel. Really fun to get together with Denise Howell. Longtime host on Twit, uh, I think always host emeritus, denisehowell.info. Fitzbyfits.com? Fitz with Fitz. With, I'll never get it right. Fitz with Fitz. Fitz. Outfits with benefits. That Outfits will help you remember. with benefits. Oh, now I got Fitz. it. Fitz, Fitz with Fitz. Fitz.com. And, uh, and the September drop, the, I mean the fall drop, is that, is that the big drop now? No, this is still our spring summer summer that that you're looking at. I love these. I want this tie. That is an awesome tie. It's a Norman Rockwell tie. Yes. And I like the Indian. This is cool. And you find this all at secondhand shops? Yes. So wild. Yes. Everything on there is vintage or thrifted. Thrifted. That's the term. Yes. That's the term the kids use. Fits with fits. Fits with benefits. Com. Fits with fits. Uh, also with us, Nicholas De Leon, who is. What are you working? Are you working in your? You done? You've done the iPhone thing. What are you working on now? Yes, uh, a couple of things. I'm working on a streaming guide to soccer. There's a big soccer game coming up uh, at the end of October. El Clasico, Real Madrid, Barcelona. So we're going to have a guide. 
how to watch soccer without cable. Uh, we did one for the NFL a few weeks ago and it did quite well. So I'm working on that. I'm working on a Bitcoin hardware wallet story. Ooh. Uh, just kind of looking at some of the hardware wallets that are out there. You know, ease of Square, use. Square's going to do one, aren't they? Yeah. I reached out to them and they did not reply. Oh, so I guess well. uh, I guess they're not interested in talking. Uh, ready, what yeah. else? I'm doing something on uh, streaming music services and Hispanic uh, Heritage Month. Uh, I should be wrapping up with that tomorrow. That should be published this week. Uh, and what else? I don't know. I, I got like a million actual stories kind of flow. It's quite quite busy month that got ahead of me. Good. Uh, and then Windows 11 this week. Oh, that's uh, so right. We'll have our, this is uh, the week. I forgot. Biggest yes. story. I buried the lead. Well, there you go. See? Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> Tuesday. Windows 11 is finally here. Who cares? Aren't you excited? <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll have we'll have uh, something this week. Uh, I mean, I've, I've obviously been using it throughout the, the beta period, whatever you call it. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Uh, again, it's pretty. for our audience, it's I don't pretty. think they should run out like it's the Windows 95 days and buy a new PC for no, Windows 11. That's I what Microsoft so. would like. But I'm Paul sure Theron's been saying it's not ready. He says uh, it's it's too buggy still. I, I personally will not be updating this PC yeah. that I'm on right now to Windows 11 for, I don't know, maybe not ever. But uh, it's going to be a while before I upgrade this because there's no reason to. Why? why It looks different. Okay, great. But uh, is, it, is it demonstrably better? I don't I – don't, maybe some of the security stuff is interesting. But like my day-to-day use of using like Firefox and Chrome and like OBS, if anything, probably I expect OBS to break perhaps. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's exactly. Like, yeah. I'll I'll stick with Windows 10 personally for a little while, but we'll have a Windows 11 story uh, hopefully by the end of this week. Who who's your so, pick in the in the Barca game? Uh, well, I'm a Barcelona fan. I was in Barcelona. I actually lived in Barcelona for a few months after college. Love Barcelona, but Barcelona is terrible this year. It is actually quite funny how bad they are. So <laughs> I expect them to lose uh, quite badly. Well, I'm also a Mets fan, so I'm just kind of used to like yeah, teams thinking. Yeah, uh, that is life. Life is life is tough. To live is to suffer. Is kind of is some of the morals that my mother <laughs> imposed upon me back in the day. Uh, so, so stop I playing Barcelona. that video game. Did yeah. she let you watch soccer though? Uh, uh, baseball. I was a baseball kid. I didn't get into oh, soccer until nice. I was I, a little bit older. But yeah, uh, very very strict upbringing. I guess is the moral. Of that soccer, story. the so. beautiful game. Yeah, it's quite something. So all right. So Barcelona's going to lose, but we're still going to watch. Yes, of course. Of course, you have to watch. We must. You have to. We there's must. No, there's no. Yes. And uh, soon driving his. I want. I want a lucid air, Seth. That's that's gonna. I wish I had the money for that. That's a nice looking automobile. Soon, uh, soon camping out with his uh, portable kitchen in his Rivian. Seth Weintraub from Electrek, 9 to 5 Mac, 9 to 5 Google. What are the new ones again? Uh, Connect the Watts. Connect the Watts, which is for, uh, for uh, space That's the one I'm interested in. What is it? Space? SpaceExplored.com. I'm very interested in this. This is a hot topic right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're finding out a lot of just like interesting stuff about. We just uh, got uh, Rod Pyle was a my space guy on the uh, radio show. Just talked about this pictures of Mercury, first time in a decade. Look at that; it looks just like the moon. Beautiful. That's the uh, the amazing uh, satellite Buca de Beppo. Which no, that's wrong. That's an Italian restaurant, Beppe Colombo. <laughs> which does okay, admittedly. Close. Sound a little like an Italian restaurant, um, but the first time we've been to Mercury in some time, and the, the uh, they're going to go, uh, they're going to pass it by a couple times, and they're going to go into orbit, and we're going to get some beautiful pictures of a planet we have not done much to study of late. You can read all about it at spaceexplored.com.
twitmail.com. We had a great week this week on Twit. Man, did we have fun. You know what? We made a little movie to, uh, to show you all the things you might have missed this week on Twit. Watch. Is that Sriracha uh, doing it some is. personal grooming? Uh, yes, doing show? a little grooming during okay. the show. Yep. yep, those claws are clean. They're very clean. clean. Themselves. And oh, so <laughs> cute. Previously on Twit, Mac Break Weekly. It really is the definition of larger than a phone, smaller than an iPad, or smaller than a tablet. I was last yeah, night, I was reading a website. Lisa leaned over and said, what is that? Is it your Kindle? I said, no, no, it's the Mini. She said, that's perfect. I said, yes. iOS Today. All right, Rosemary Orchard, tell us about your final thoughts after a weekend being hands-on with the iPhone 13. So one of the first things that I had to check, and I've checked it several times again to reconfirm, this is not the Pro Max, this is the Pro. And it feels humongous to me. This Week in Google. Astro's ambient intelligence is that it can roam around. Amazon pitched it as something that can wander around your house and check things out for you. The defeated dog. I've been replaced to it. <laughs> yeah, right. You've replaced me. <laughs> Technology isn't always pretty, but we are. <laughs> oh, that poor little puppy. Poor little pooch. Our show today brought to you by ExpressVPN, the only VPN I use, the only VPN I trust. These guys will protect you online. You know, going online without ExpressVPN is like, I don't know, using your smartphone without a protective case. Most of the time, you're going to be fine, but all it takes is one drop on the concrete. Kablooey, you'll wish you had, had protected yourself. You need a VPN every time you connect to an unencrypted network like a cafe or a hotel or an airport because bad guys could see you on that network and do all sorts of nasty things to you. It doesn't take much technical knowledge these days. In fact, you could just buy some cheap hardware like the Wi-Fi pineapple and boom, you're in. A smart 12-year-old can do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers know they can make as much as $1,000 per person selling your personal info on the web. You've got to protect it. ExpressVPN creates an encrypted tunnel between your device and the Internet so that hackers not only can't steal your data, they can't see you. You're completely locked up. It it's, it's uses strong encryption, so there's no way in real time anybody can even see what you're doing. And it's so easy. There's ExpressVPN apps for everything you use, including your smart TVs. Highly recommend that. Or just put it on your router, protect your whole house. And ExpressVPN... And this is why it's so important to get a good VPN. They invest in the infrastructure. They're so fast you can watch HD video. I've turned it on on my router and no one even knows. I don't hear complaints because unlike that other VPN you might have used, ExpressVPN is fast, fast, fast. Stay secure. Watch the shows you want in the countries you want. Make sure your internet service provider is not snooping on what you're doing and keep hackers away. There's so many good reasons to use a VPN. ExpressVPN is the one I trust, the one I recommend. You can secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash twit. In fact, you'll get an extra three months when you sign up for a year. That's the best deal, expressvpn.com slash twit. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. you got to use them, expressvpn.com slash twit. The 2021 list of the all-time most popular Netflix shows. This, I mean, I honestly, at the last uh, Emmys this last week, Netflix just wrapped the place up. I can't even, they, they set a new record. It hasn't been in, for years that any one network provider has dominated 
what did they win? Like 40 Emmy Awards. The most... This is maybe a little depressing when you put that into perspective because, you know, maybe it was Martin Scorsese's amazing The Irishman. Uh, maybe it was Stranger Things. No, the number one most popular Netflix show of all time, Bridgerton. <laughs> 82 million people, 82 million people watched Bridgerton for at least two minutes. That's all I watched Bridgerton for, but I counted in that 82 million, I guess. Um, I'm actually pleased to see this Lupin, which is excellent and is in French with subtitles. Number two, 76 million. Highly recommend that show if you've not seen it. The Witcher tied in third place, 76 million. Sex Life, Stranger Things down in fifth place. Money Heist, Tiger King season one. I'm actually kind of glad that wasn't, you know, number one. Uh, the Queen's Gambit, which I thought was great. 62 million people watched that. Number eight on the list. That is, those are amazing numbers when you compare that uh, to, you know, network television viewing. 82 million people watched that show. Netflix Films, number one, I never saw it. Extraction? Almost 100 million people watched Extraction. Then Bird Box, Spencer Confidential. I haven't seen any of these. So there's there's the 625 million hours of Bridgerton streamed. <laughs> I think when they look back, Denise, you're probably a fan. I'm sorry. I hope it haven't hurt your feelings. You're, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. <laughs> but you do watch it, don't you? I Well, I did watch it. It's romance, Not right? going back and revisiting it. It's yeah. sort of like, you know, eating a bowl of popcorn. You don't have to have another bowl of popcorn right away. It just didn't grab me. And I don't think it's aimed at people like me. No, probably not. No. It's romance, <laughs> right? It's it's like um like reading it's a, a romance novel. Yeah. Drama. Right. Yes. Yeah. Sexy though. I'm told. Yes. yes. You know what's what's cleverer than Bridgerton, but no less heavy on sex. Uh but but That's the two things the, I'm looking for. Clever sex. Yeah. Clever what sex. Well, yeah. Sex education. Oh, I love that show. Yes. That's what I with, and I started watching with it because of Jillian, with yeah, Jillian, Jillian Anderson. Anderson. That's why I watched it because I, I will yes. watch anything she is in. And she's, she's unfortunately she's only a small part of it. It's really about high school teenagers. But she's so every time she's on the screen, it's like this is great stuff. Yes. She's very talented. She is. Netflix has got a new hit on its hands that I have not heard of, but uh, it's a, it's a called Squid Game, a dystopian drama from South Korea. Two weeks into its premiere, it's a massive social media phenomenon, number one on the popularity charts in 90 countries, including the United States. It may, according to some, dethrone Bridgerton and The Witcher as the most popular show ever. So just putting that on your radar. Have you watched has anybody watched Foundation yet on Apple TV? Watching. Is it going to save Apple TV? Maybe. It's good. Does Apple TV need saving? I feel like it yeah. has a lot of good shows. Apple TV and now Apple said okay, remember there's a industry-wide strike in the offing for IATSE, the Stage and Theatrical Employees Union. And Apple gave the IATSE the stats of subscribers saying we don't have to pay our employees that much because we only have 20 million subscribers which is pretty low you're agreeing Seth 
So I don't like most of what is on Apple TV. Um, I I like the morning show is okay. I like Ted Lasso. The best you can say um, about any of it is okay, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, so it's mildly, mildly entertaining. But I mean, Apple's got unlimited cash. So like when you said Apple TV's in trouble, it's it could it, it doesn't could go matter on for like a, a million years <laughs> yeah. and not produce any hits, and they would still like just have un, unreal money. So no, they're not in trouble, but. Uh, They'll never I, be in trouble. Yeah, I think that that might be good. Yeah, I I've started watching it. It's it, you know what, it's it's really hard to film these massive sci-fi stories. I I always prefer to read the book to watching it because my mind is much better at generating the imagery than any TV show can be. But I think that given the difficulty of putting foundation on the screen, I think they did actually a pretty good job. I uh, it's you know I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Apple, uh, I read an article about Apple TV saying, oh, it's not about how much money they make on Apple TV. Shocker. It's all about Apple services. And Apple TV is just one of, a you know, Apple Fit. You cover that in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, connect with the Watts and uh, um, the fitness thing. Apple's iCloud. Uh, all of the different services are doing quite well. And it's just part of that overall uh, success for Apple. They're trying to change, turn from change from a hardware company to a service company, and in order to do that, you have to have services. And Apple TV Plus is one of those services. It doesn't need to be better than Netflix or more successful than Netflix. It just has to drive traffic as a package. Yeah, it can actually be a little bit worse than its competitors. And you know, Apple throws it on their devices when you get a new one. So, like, it's so hard. a lot of people are going to be like, eh, You're, how do you compete against Disney Plus? Which has you know all these franchises, uh, you know you, you Netflix, which has been in this Netflix. for many many years. Of course, Apple TV is is not going to compete with them. It doesn't have to though. That's the that's the uh, that's the good news. Um, Are you watching Foundation? Yeah, Lisa. You, like you it? know I like it. I I read the novels when I was a teenager. Uh, I like it a lot. I think it's beautiful. I think they've done a really nice job. Yeah, Um, I'm enjoying it. I think Lee Pace and sci-fi are always a good match. Oh, I love Lee Pace. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm happy. I like Jared uh, Harris, too, is wonderful. Yes. Really wonderful. So, yeah, I like it. I'm not the Ted Lasso fan. You're the soccer fan, uh, Nicholas. Did you, did you enjoy yeah. Ted Lasso seeing an American uh, I have not football. seen it. My, what? Yeah, my, 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 I'm not did a Did your mom guy, not actually. let you watch Apple TV? <laughs> uh, I don't know what her, her uh, opinion would have been. Uh, my <laughs> boss loves Ted Lasso. He's, yeah. he's an American football fan, a uh, Penn State fan to be specific. He loves Ted Lasso. I have not seen it. Although I will say on on like Reddit and you know various uh, Twitters, it has it definitely has a good reputation among oh, like people love it. soccer fans. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, even like like hardcore. Okay. It, it, it it is uh, it is well done from what I understand, uh, and and people hardcore fans do like it. I have just not got, I'm just not a big uh, TV co- you know person. I don't watch a lot. There's a big battle brewing. Actually, it's I think it might be over now between NBC Universal and YouTube Google's YouTube TV. Uh, this is the this is the one of those another one of those carriage fights you see them all the time, where um, NBC Universal says you need to pay us more and they have a lot of stuff they've got the locals they've got uh, sports 
And YouTube TV says, no, we don't. NBC says, all right, we're pulling off of YouTube TV. YouTube TV says, fine, we'll charge customers 10 bucks less a month. That'll make them happy. <laughs> Eventually, they made up. They've reached an agreement. I'm only saying that because I thought tonight was going to be the night because NBC is broadcasting the probably the most important NFL football game of the year except for the Super Bowl next year. And that is Tom Brady's return to New England. He's The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are facing off the Patriots in just a minute or two. And that's on NBC. And I really thought NBC it was just going to go right up to the wire and see if YouTube would, would say it would blink. Because of Sunday Night Football. Um, nope, they made a deal. YouTube TV will continue to be 65 bucks a month, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, NBC must have gotten something that they wanted. Um, but that's the good news. I guess we all, we all win. And we're not going to miss Tom Brady return to New England. Seth, thank you so much for being here. It's great. To, are you a New Englander? I feel like you should be. I mean, I'm north of New York City, about 30 minutes. So wherever yeah. that New England, New York City thing is, you're kind of in, in between there. Yeah, yeah. Great to have you. The new congratulations on the new site. How many sites total now? Eight. Amazing. How do you do it? Got a network. You got a network. Yep. Man, when are you doing podcasts? Uh, we got a, we get, we have a few podcasts. Stay out of stay out of it. It's a terrible business. Right. You don't want to. Do it. Okay. Terrible business. <laughs> it's great to have you, Seth Weintraub from Electric. Uh, thank you for the uh, Rivian review. Thank you for all the electric bikes reviews too. I want to get that tricycle now. You got me. Oh, my pleasure. You got me every time. Thank you so much, Nicholas De Leon. Consumer Union is so important in my life and has been for decades. Senior electronics reporter at Consumer Reports. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, you should be. Uh, Can I just uh, plug a new product we just launched, if that's yeah. okay? Uh, it, great. Well, thank you. Uh, it's called Upkept. It's a new app in the app stores, iOS and Android app stores. It is basically uh, a new homeowner's kind of like a right-hand man, so to speak, DIY, maintenance, all that type of stuff. It is a separate product, uh, a couple months for free, and then afterwards it's four ninety nine a month. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're a new homeowner and you don't, you oh, know, this is such a good idea. School, obviously no uh so yeah it is uh for someone like me i don't know anything about refrigerators or like roofs or anything uh and i am hoping to buy a house probably within the next two years or so give or take uh i i definitely need this app because i don't know anything if a pipe explodes i'm i'm cooked uh so hopefully this app will kind of help you oh, prevent that brilliant. from happening by staying on top of maintenance it's all and, your uh, maintenance that type of stuff yeah yeah you know as a longtime homeowner this is one of the hardest things to remember and stuff Slips by. I'm big on on not deferring maintenance. Is this a new strategy for Consumer Union to do uh, to do apps? That's interesting. I have no idea to be honest. Uh, I just know that we launched it last week, and uh, I've you know I've messed around with it. It's pretty neat. I don't own a home yet, so uh, not not for me yet. But uh, for the folks of the audience who are new homeowners or who will be soon, uh, maintenance is definitely a thing you need to stay on top of. Otherwise, uh, otherwise bad things happen. So hopefully that helps. Upkept. Upkepthome.com or just look for it on Android uh, on the Google Play Store yep. on uh, the Mac iOS store. Thank you. Great to have you, Nicholas. I appreciate it. Thank you. Go Barcelona. Thank you. I, I appreciate it, too. <laughs> uh, they need all the good oh, luck they can get. You know, it's such a big money sport now. And, uh, yeah. and all of the stars are just being wooed away. Um, was Messi at Barcelona? 
Messi was at Barcelona for his whole career. He just went to PSG this past summer. That's Barcelona so has basically weird. been very mismanaged for the past uh, since 2015 or so. So it, it is fairly self-inflicted that Messi had to leave. But uh, yeah, it, it's it is basically you've got states owning teams. Uh, Qatar, uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, uh, Chelsea team in England is owned by uh, Roman Abramovich, who is one of the uh, Russian oligarchs who, when the Soviet Union collapsed, he had like uh, gas interests. Uh, that's why he's a, a billionaire. So it's like it's, it is very interesting, like who owns what. And, you know, you lose something there. You know, the locally owned teams who they used to be competitive. Now they're not just because the guy next door was bought by a billionaire. Uh, Daniel Ek, uh, the Spotify owner, was was interested in buying Arsenal, a team in London, uh, over the summer, they did not. Uh, that didn't go off. But like, yeah, I'm actually kind of just waiting. When is Jack Dorsey going to buy? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I did the I did the, team. Uh, I did the Mint Mobile uh, ad, and of course, Ryan Reynolds doesn't just own Mint Mobile and Aviator Vodka. True. Yeah, he also exactly. owns Wrexham. Yes, a Welsh soccer team. That's hysterical. Yeah. Along with Rob McElhaney from uh, Vision Quest. So. That's wild. There was actually a funny bit on Ted Lasso, in which they mentioned that. <laughs> uh, great to have you. Thank you, Nicholas. And upkept. Thank we'll, you. We'll look for that on the uh, App Store. Thank you so much, Denise Howell. Fits with Fits. Dot com. Got it. <laughs> Got it. I did it right. Got it. Right. And go to Instagram. Go to my friends' uh, page on Instagram, Bohemia Newport Beach, all one word, and look for her 929 post, and you can enter to win one of the sets That's and support neat. her small business. Yeah. Don't go there and uh, and, and rouse and, and Please don't rouse, go there and mess, harass mess, her. Yes. Mess with her. I would not be happy about yeah. that. Is this it, Bohemia Newport Beach? No, it's, it's Bohemia. Bohemia. Yes. Bo- Bohemia, Newport Beach. Oh, yeah. There you go. Nice. There you go. Mm-hmm. Nice. Be Just bold. Just great little shop. Be beautiful. It's right down. Be you. It's in the fun zone in Newport Beach, which is the touristy part of town where you're probably going to go if you visit here. I actually really love that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. All right. Thank you, Denise. Great to see you. Great to see all of you. Thank you all for being here. We do Twitter of a Sunday afternoon around 2 Pacific 5 Eastern, 2100 UTC. I mentioned the time we do it because, as with all our shows, you can kind of watch us behind the scenes making all of our programs. The live streams are all aggregated at twit.tv slash live. So you can choose from audio or video from a variety of sources. If you're watching live, chat with us live at irc.twit.tv or join us in our Discord We love Discord. It's so much fun. The new Discord uh, is part of Club Twit. A $7 subscription gets you ad-free versions of all of our shows, access to our Discord channel, and the Twit Plus feed with stuff that didn't make it into the shows, including conversations before and after every show, and Ask Me Anything's effect. Really, really good uh, AMA coming up this week. Steve Gibson, our our community manager, we made Ant Pruitt. We said, Ant, you should run this thing. So Aunt Pruitt is putting together, and I'm so glad we did programs for our uh, our Club Twit members. We're going to do an Ask Me Anything with Steve Gibson. Is that Friday? I think it's this Friday. So that's going to be really, really cool if you're a Security Now fan or you've always wanted to ask Steve questions. Uh, you don't really get to do that on the show, so this will be a chance to do that. Join Club Twit. Go to twit.tv slash Club Twit, and you can hear that in part, even participate and ask questions. 
twit.tv slash club twit. After the fact, all of our shows appear on our website, twit.tv. Uh, every show has a dedicated YouTube channel, as does This Week in Tech on youtube.com. Probably the easiest thing to do is subscribe in a podcast client, and that way you'll get it automatically. We don't care which one you use. It's fine. But if your podcast client allows uh, for reviews, please do me a favor. Leave a five-star review. Let the world know you listen to the longest-running tech podcast in the world and still the best this week in tech. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Another twit is in the can. Bye-bye.